1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. All thanks to McDonald's Maccas, together and loving it TNCs apply
2: Staying in to watch the sport, let us cook Get your Maccas favourites delivered with McDelivery
1: Kick back and relax It's time for the run home with Kirsten Beeve
3: Good afternoon, to you. It's four oh four, and welcome to the run home. Stephen McIver in the seat for Kirst, who's on, uh, well, multi break duties tonight for Sky Sport, and uh, of course I'm just the uh, the Robin to one Batman. Batman, of course, being the beef. Hey Beef, how is it the estate this afternoon?
4: Uh, very good, thank you, Stephen. And uh, I mean, I don't know how I quite take you being Robin to me being Batman. I mean, uh, well,
3: yeah, so I probably didn't ask. Should have asked Kirst about that. All right.
4: Yeah, and certainly. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know you you're going to laugh at this but this, this certainly is it'd be one of the highlights of my broadcasting oh, career today Stephen. down. I grew up watching Friday night Footy, as it was back in the day, oh which, you, which you ran, yep. and then obviously for years the the voice of Sky League. So it truly is an honour to have oh, you on the run
3: today. Oh, stop it! Mate, know. I'm not that old. You make me sound yeah. like I should have a my walking frame. Come on! Oh no, I
4: was just a kid when I used to watch you on oh, uh, Friday night footy. That's even worse. even worse. And I wanted to one day be broadcasted by you as a player, but I never thought I'd have the honour. Obviously oh being in the same Okay, well,
3: I'll, t- I'll take I'll take that for what is and, and simply say thank you. Um, I've got to, I've got to dob you in though. A Good friend of mine was out visiting you the other day. A guy called Phil, uh, the lurker, and he <laughs> says I was out seeing Beaver. We're talking tractors. I'm going. Oh no! What does he want? He wants a new He wants a new tractor from Power Farming, does he? And I, and he and he I said so. Give me some more. And he goes Beaver makes a crap coffee.
4: Well, I don't drink coffee, and I, <laughs> and I said it, I said it was going to be a rubbish coffee. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm, dis- I'm disappointed now because yeah, you were lurker. told know. me about the lurker. Well,
3: that's 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 his that's his uh, English way of just it's it's a fun it's a fun phrase. So I'm lurker two, and he is lurker one, and maybe now you can be lurker three since you're hanging around him. What do you need a tractor <laughs> for anyway? I mean, how big oh. is your, how big is your estate,
4: <laughs> mate? <laughs> Unlike you, who uh, showed up to Bathurst in a salmon shirt and sat on the <laughs> hill, I'm what you call a real man. Oh, that is so uncalled
3: for. I tell you, I tell, I tell you what though. That 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 is one of the uh, you talk about stories, right? you've you've probably got a million stories to tell. I still some, remember someone uh, telling me that's one of the funniest things they've seen. You know, you know, I like to try and be fashionable, pink and purples <laughs> and you know, that that sort of thing. But when you turn up to Bathurst at the, I think it was the Ox, the Ox, and the playing a uh, huge Jenga, like co- life-size Jenga, and and, and 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 makes it matters worse. Had the loafers on, had the loafers yes, on. Yes, of course, of course you did. And then and then I, all out out of the midst, this this guy goes, "Bloody hell, Flavio's just walked in! What's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flavio doing here?" So um, that that was a hell of a lot of fun. Hey, let us look at the uh, Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery, because. It's Teamless Tuesday, and B, we're going to look at uh, make up our, our starting 15 with nicknames, sporting nicknames, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. It is an absolute highlight of our working week here <laughs> on the run home. And as far as the first 15 of nicknames, we've gone high, wide, and handsome on it. Yeah, uh, we, yeah. we'll just give you a snippet of a couple. Uh, we've thought Iron Mike, one of the great nicknames for, of course, Mike Tyson, he'd be pretty handy. As a hooker, <laughs> would you um, want would you
3: want to pack down against him? <laughs> You'd want a scrum cap. <laughs> I would want to do a
4: lot of things with uh, Iron Mike. Um, and this, the next one, which really jumps off my team sheet, and, and the one we talked about earlier, very Rico Yoani, yeah, the style bender, ah. and of course that is, is the one and only
3: Israel Adesanya, right?
4: Of course, uh, so it's just a little bit of the, the path we've gone down, so which, get the Texas coming.
3: Yeah, the Timber Bedpost text line is double eight double three. if you want to call us, 0800-150-811 here on the run home. There's a lot going on. Uh, we are going to talk to, at 4.30, Michael Carriano, out of the Daily Telegraph, because it seems like Tuesday is one of those days where things happen in the world of rugby league. Cody Nikarima, former Warrior, still with Souths, is the latest signing with the Dolphins which is interesting to say the least because they are struggling to sign players. But on top of that, Beeve, it's just broken that Isaiah Papali'i wants out of his Tigers contract. He wants to stay with the Para Eels because he would have signed because he would have wanted to be coached by Michael Maguire. So yes. there's a hell of a lot going on. In that rugby league world, though, uh, we, we have the voice the one and only Ray Warren coming your way in under an hour's time because tomorrow, Origin 3, the decider at Suncorp. And, you know, I said to I said to Reb, setting up the interview, uh, Beef, I said, you're missing it? And he goes, oh, God, I am so missing it. And you know what I said to him? Well, we miss you because it's not the Absolutely. same. It's not the same, is it? I mean, Matt Thompson does a great job for Channel 9, but he's not Ray Warren.
4: No, he's, he's rugby league, isn't he? And uh, he's all the big moments, so... I must say, uh, again, I actually spoke to a couple of our other hosts on this uh, run home, and I said, you two better be careful. And by two, I mean Kim and Kirst, because... The guy that's just <laughs> slotted in at late last minute on a Tuesday has just found Ray Warren. So, oh, I you know, that's the sort of impact you're having.
3: Oh, would you, um, would you stop with this? As people are going to think it's feel, like there's this bromance going on. You, you know. I like,
4: almost feel like Fozzie needs you off the bench in Wellington on Saturday with the impact that you've provided well, actually, already.
3: You know, that's a really interesting question because you know Fozzie really well. you Waikato boys. And I worked with Fozzie when he got out of rugby and, and radio. Uh, at ZHFM in the Hamilton days. I yes. would never in a million years have seen him as an all-black coach. And I, I, I mean, how tight are you with Fozzie? Let's be honest. How tight are you with Foz? Uh
4: Obviously, through our career, as far as the Chiefs' time, we were as sick as thieves, obviously. But I've, I have very little to do with him now. Uh, the occasional text when he doesn't agree with something I've said on TV, usually. I oh, see. That's uh, interesting,
3: right? Why were he wash- <laughs> And but but I tell you what, that's a really interesting thing because to me that that says – where his head's at. If 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 you're the coach of the uh, a large sporting organisation, you shouldn't give a tight a, 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 you shouldn't give a toss about what people are saying. Or you oh, should...
4: I mean, a lot of it's in jest anyway,
3: Oh, okay. All fair. right. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I was I was trying to get deep and meaningful for you for, with you for a moment. But no, obviously... we
4: have we don't we we occasionally see each other around the traps. Yeah. But, uh And if we see each other, obviously it's you know pretty big yarns. But no, we, we don't. We don't see each other or catch up for a regular these oh, days.
3: I was listening somewhere and they reckon he will he will stay through to the World Cup. I mean, do you think it's time that the all black organisation says, you know what, if you're not performing you, you're done and forget about the contract, we'll pay you out and just get on with it?
4: I've just got off the phone someone who was talking about the very same thing. If Saturday doesn't go well. I, I for the life of me I cannot see them changing this far out from the World Cup. But Okay,
3: so it, how far away are we from the World Cup, Eve? Twelve months. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but let's 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 to say one thing, all-black players are like Premier League players, are like any other players at that level. They know how to play the game, right? Yep. And are you of the opinion that football, uh, coaches, managers, are just people managers now? So you can slot anyone. Let's be blunt. Everybody wants Razor in there. I remember talking mm-hmm. to someone a long time ago. They said no. It was actually uh, a contact, uh, Steve Hansen, uh, suggesting that. The Hansen had said no Fozzie is the right guy. Now that could have been because he was in the the system as such. Yes. Why can't people just say it's not working? We've got a guy here that's won a million Super Rugby guys. Just get him in. If you don't perform now, your contract's bust. We'll pay you. Out. Just move.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's a fair argument. I mean, what you what you initially were talking about was whether how important coaches are. And to be fair, I think the days of having a dream team such as a Henry Smith, Hansen mm-hmm. are probably gone and that is when you are more than just a man manager. they are they have the three masterminds of rugby of that generation so I don't think there's I don't think you could just say they're, they're just there on the sideline. they were genuine coaches. Now I think you're probably getting to a point where there's a lot more man managers and look I don't know um, Razor's sort of coaching style but from what from the outside looking in, everyone looks happy, looks like an environment and it's successful. Uh, I know Fozzie's coaching style, and he's very much a personable man with the players. Um, But at the moment, it's not working. But to be fair, I don't think you blame the coach right now. I think there's probably more to it. I think there's maybe a lack of, maybe Joe Schmidt needs to become more than just a selector in about a week's time. Maybe he needs to have a proper portfolio. And by portfolio, I mean a big chunk of the coaching pie.
3: He becomes the new Wayne Smith, right?
4: Essentially, yes.
3: That's, that's That's probably a really smart move. There's so much we can talk about, and we probably will talk about it. Uh, that's part of the Macca's menu. There's so much to do. Stay in to watch sport. We'll just let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with Mick. McDe- Mc- Say that quickly. How about I just slow down? Delivered with Mick delivery. Okay. Now we're going to put the acid on.
4: See this is how Beaver sees it. Yes.
3: How do you see it today?
4: Well. The Nations Championship Do we remember this? This is the competition that's been Proposed That every second year around World Cups We have this North versus South Integrated competition which is essentially A mini World Cup 12 of the best playing their Usual competitions, the Six Nations Or Rugby Championships and then crossovers With a grand final at the end of the year And some sort of promotion relegation One off game Now This made a lot of sense for a lot of people but mainly for the heads of the table because essentially it was a cash grab and it also, for me, started to diminish a World Cup if you're having three, essentially, World Cups in three years because that's how it pans out. And then this year happens and if there was ever a kick in the guts to fully put this Nations Championship fire out, it's the test series that we are now currently living in we've got this island test series which has been enthralling, people are likening it to a Lions test series well they happen every 12 years and we've just happened to get another one now and it's not just us that are gripped in a game 3 decider Across across the ditch Australia and England are playing out a brilliant series and then you've got the world champions who have got Wales all of a sudden taking them to a decider and that's forgetting about the Argentinian-Scotland series. Yes, with everything that's happening in the world of global game and attempts to make money, surely we can just hold on to this one last pure thing that is a wonderful contested test series.
3: Interesting, and I agree with you, and I agree with the cash grab idea. I mean, you and I were talking about this before you, you came out with your piece there, I am still... And you talk about this. Everybody's been talking rugby down a little bit, right? You know, and primarily it's it's focused around the All Blacks and their inability in one test, right? <laughs> but let's talk about exactly what you have focused on. Two tests, four of the biggest nations playing rugby, and we've been both in deciders. We haven't seen that for such a long time. And you go, I don't give a toss about a nation's championship. I want more tours. I want the ability for the big nations to tour around the world, but I also want to go old school and at least have a couple of provincial sides play against touring teams. I am I am still of the opinion that rugby needs to take the big game back to the grass trees, and I think it's missing it. I seriously think it's missing it, Beef.
4: Oh, I mean, I, I'm all for it. I mean, I, I remember as a kid going along to Pookie Stadium and watching counties play South Africa. I think mean, it was in about 93, 94, and it was just shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder standing on the hill at Pookie Stadium. And that's never going to happen again. I can't see a provincial, but I can see the super teams playing, as, as we've seen in recent years. Obviously, this year, the Maldives have got two games against the Irish. I just think, when you look at what's happening, it's compelling at the moment. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're fascinated by what's happening across the ditch. Yes, we've got this amazing series happening here. And because we all get excited by the Lions thing, but all of a sudden, we've got Irish supporters everywhere. We've got atmosphere around the games, the pubs around, I mean, I was in Auckland pre-game in a pub for the Eden Park one. And the place is heaving from lunchtime. It's and not- everyone's in an all-black jersey or an Irish jersey. Yeah. And, and I can imagine what South Africa's like at the moment. You know, like South Africa lives and breathes it. Gosh, and get- all of a sudden, they're in a decider yeah. against Wales, who are passionate rugby people. And when you think about it, You've got three or four teams every year going to be coming down from the north who can realistically beat whatever's down here in the south. So for me, I just don't know why we need to go down this manufactured mini World Cup. Yes, there's obviously a revenue aspect to it, but surely we can just sort of try and find a way to divvy that up from the big games that are getting played at Twickenham where 80,000 people are playing north of £100 per ticket.
3: I think there's 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 this attitude, there's still this... We need to be global, attitude that I yes. still don't think is going to resonate. Uh, Rugby is not going to resonate on a, what I, this may sound naive, global level. It's not a global sport as such, right? It is played in certain areas of the world and that's it. But you can still make a ton of cash if you remember the most important part of what your sport is about the fans. It is Absolutely. about the fans and what they want. They all they all they care about is their local team and their national team, right? That's that's where I come in and say that's where I still think Super Rugby has an issue. I know you got your Chiefs poster, but your Chiefs flag behind you. But I still th- I still think, man, that the the integration of fans with with Super Rugby is not as deep as if you go out and turn to a Waikato game, right? Because we have we have let we have let that go, and I think we should be ashamed of that, and I think. Listen to the fans. Stop thinking about trying to be bigger than what you are. Understand your place in the sporting environment, and then make as much as you can out of it. Because you and I both know, English rugby makes a, a, a crap ton of money. Welsh rugby makes a crap ton of money, rugby. For the life of me, I don't know why New Zealand NZR continues to have to look to sell off rugby when it should be the the. It says it's the biggest. If it's the biggest brand in the world, why does it need to be selling bits of itself off?
4: Stephen we, we've only got a three hour <laughs> show
3: tonight so okay okay a bit too deep and meaningful for my fill, my <laughs> and it's 419 this is the run home just forget we're getting uh, sporting nicknames for our 15 we've already talked about Iron Mike Tyson and uh, the style bender Izzy Adesanya you've got some ideas for some sporting nicknames uh, text us on the temper bedpost text line double eight double three. oh we've got more don't you worry about that 4.25, no, we are not Beaver and I in the next James Bond movie Nor are we up to be, uh, to be The next James Bond, but it's a sad moment Because yesterday was confirmed Today that the composer of that Theme, the James Bond theme, Monty Norman Passed away at 94 How about that, but whenever you hear that wh- What does that make you think, straight away And we know, we know it says James Bond, but does that give you A bit of a, a shiver up your sp- spine, babe Because it always does with me
4: well, this is awkward because I was going to say it makes me think of James Bond. Um, <laughs> very, uh, very
5: good. Yeah, <laughs> Go to the top of the class in the pub quiz.
4: <laughs> and uh, this, this may shock you too. Uh, not a noted pub quizzer um, and not somebody uh, would put your house on as far as being any use to you in a pub quiz.
3: I just love James Bond, although I, did, I didn't like the last the last one because he died and I was very unhappy about that and I see they haven't even found a new James one. they're saying the next one's not till two years away but that's just a fun fact today the composer Monty Norman of that theme play just put it up a bit because I love it yeah uh, passed away at 94 I want to uh, move on to something you talked about yesterday in your "How Beaver sees it because I really like the idea of a waiver you were talking about players signing waivers uh, if the, if they get hurt in playing footy right And because it gets away from this whole uh, concussion protocol thing the NFL had to put billions to those were thing and I actually think it's a really smart idea. Really smart idea because it puts the accountability back on the individual. You said yesterday, and correct me if I'm wrong that it should be at the elite level. Yes. I actually think it should be at all levels. I think everyone should take accountability for what they are doing. When I go out and have to race a car, right or well not race, that's pushing it a bit far, test a car, have some fun on a car. At at certain tracks, I have to sign a waiver, and it says uh, the the track is not responsibility for you being a lunatic if you hurt yourself. And I'm happy to do that. I actually think it should be across the board, because then there's protection across the board for everybody. Because if we don't stick, if we don't start making people accountable, it's just it's nonsensical.
4: Yeah, I, th- I think I guess my point around the elite level and the amateur level being two different games, is I actually think you do you do go you do go harder on the rules at the amateur level. Like I would almost bring the tackle height down to I mean waste. Be tough. Waste. waste waste is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, of course. At, makes sense. At, at that at that level, maybe bring things in like you're not allowed to leave your feet on a clean out at amateur level because then you can't like I mean technically you're not supposed to leave your feet at any point but you you do (laughs) yeah yeah um and then things like high balls in the air i know at first 15 level now they're already talking i think it's already in play that you're not allowed to compete in the air like whoever's catching that sort of thing so i think there's things at the amateur level that you know people they talk about dying numbers well i've got plenty of mates who stop playing when they're sort of 25 26 because they get to the age where well i've actually can't afford to be off work now so I can't do my shoulder, or I can't have this, or what have you. So if you make it to a level where, you know what, you can still have fun playing rugby, but you're taking a lot of the chances of injury out, and then you, and then conversely, you get to the elite game, and the elite game, people are making money from it, it's your profession, and it's still the dream profession. Like, I still don't know any guys in the professional game that are humming and harring about, Signing another deal Or trying to get to Japan For multi-million dollar deals Or or, it, or get to France You know mm-hmm. No one's thinking Oh I'll tell you what I'm a bit worried about my safety these days Like no Like I've I've never had that conversation with anyone And do, I'm still in touch with a fair few do So, you, Do you
3: think it's changed you know, Do you think managers are starting to Caution them or not Or do you think they no. it's, still, it's still that very no. Simple attitude No I want to play footy I want to make money
4: Yeah, Yeah, yeah I mean I mean Look, I'm not saying it's all about the money, but what I'm saying is, you, st- you still want to be an All Black first and foremost, and then, you know, you have that dream. Then all of a sudden, you become wealthy because of it. Mm-hmm. You, all these opportunities in Japan, all these opportunities to be a ten-year ten All Black, it's going to set you up for life. No one's going to then turn around and start second-guessing that about the risk of playing rugby as a contact sport.
3: Do like, you do you think though? That's that's then the organisations should mean. be thinking about that. You know, do you think that maybe they should be protecting themselves at that level?
4: Well, that's 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 my that, idea. that's your point, yeah. That's my waiver.
3: Okay. Well, I, I well I I I still I think it's a great idea. I think it's a really good idea because accountability has to play. And as you know, you've got kids grown up, teaching them to be accountable is really important, and making money like their dad did, who's now getting his new tractor. <laughs> um, <laughs> courtesy of Power Farming, uh, but we'll <laughs> leave that one alone. Oh, look at that. It's almost 4.30. Johnny must be just around the corner uh, with news update. And then we'll talk to Michael Kariannis from the Daily Telegraph. What's hot in the world of NRL?
4: Yes, welcome back in to the run home. It's just gone 4.30, and today I'm in the presence <laughs> of Broadcasting Royalty with Stephen McIver <laughs> subbing in for Curse, who, is, of course, is in Wellington with the Māori All Black game tonight. And, and just before we go to our next guest... A few texts in for our nicknames, first 15, from Rick from Taupo, Thomas the Hitman Hearns is number six, Dion Primetime Sanders from the Dallas Cowboys is a winger, makes a bit of sense, mm-hmm. uh, Locke from uh, Darts, uh, the Dutch Destroyer, <laughs> Vincent van der Voort. Oh wow! That, that's you taken like pets, her
3: way yeah. back. Isn't it? I, I love the Dutch destroyer. I think when you look at all these names, they've all got a bit of aggression in them. Hey, you know, You're need except it. prime time because prime time. He could dance, he could dance, he could dance, he could dance. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I was a huge Dallas Cowboy fans when I, fan when I first came to Auckland working for Sky and they, Troy Aikman and the boys went and, went back to back in uh, 91, 92. Uh, anyway, let's move on, shall we? This is the run home with McIver and Beeve. You know can I just say something? Just stop, pause for right here. My yes. my son, my 20-year-old son his mates call me Beeve. You know why they call me Beeve? Because they oh, don't... has got no
4: reference to me. And
3: it's got zero reference to you. <laughs> 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 they, they they call me Beave because I hate being called Steve, oh, okay. so they call me Beave. They got no res- yeah. they got no respect. It is four thirty four. Time to go to the Daily Telegraph in Australia and Michael Karianis. Michael, what's your nickname? By the way, we're doing nicknames today. What's your nickname?
1: It's pretty boring, fellas. It's just MC.
3: MC. I thought you said it was Pretty Boy.
1: No,
3: no, no, no. No. I know you're busy, man, but it seems Tuesday turns into one of those days in the NRL where everything breaks. Uh, Are you surprised that Cody Nikarima has signed for the Dolphins?
1: Yes and no. I think um, it's—he's always made his intention that he wanted to go back to to Queensland. That's the reason he—he left the Warriors and and cut short his time there. And you know, he's really—you know—he's had such an impact at South Sydney, but. You know, that he, he wants to be closer to home and, and family. So, you know, the Dolphins is maybe not a surprise. I think he was going to end up at one of the three clubs there in terms of Gold Coast, Brisbane, or the Dolphins, and it just
4: happens to be the Dolphins. With, with the Dolphins, is it a case of a little bit of, geez, we're running out of time to nail down some halves? Because it must have been getting close to panic stations for the Dolphins as far as who's their seven and six going to be.
1: Yeah, and I think we're, we're probably still... At that stage, they haven't na- nailed that marquee signing. Cody Nick Graham is a good signing test player, obviously, but he's not in the top echelon of, of halves in the game. And you know, I don't think he's been he's been brought up there to to be a you know a starting six or seven. I think he's there as a as a backup as a potential number fourteen uh, to pro- provide some cover between the six, seven, and nine.
3: So, okay, so the Luke Brooks uh, story has been out for about a week now. Do they go all in, or do the Tigers go, we can't afford to uh, throw in that much freight?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I I think there's a few clubs that would love Luke Brooks. Uh, You know, Newcastle Knights would be one for sure. Uh, Whether the Dolphins feel like he's the right man, I'm not sure, because there's not a lot of... Well, there's no marquee players left on the market for 2023, so their only hope of landing one is getting some, someone out of their contract and that would be uh, a Luke Brooks or do they just try and, and sit and hold and, and try and make a play for someone like a Cam Munster head of 2024 season so that's got to be the thought process of the Dolphins at the moment
4: Does it not s- sort of come across as almost comedic that Luke Brooks who has been smacked from pillar to post is now <laughs> one of the most wanted men on the uh, on the market?
1: Ah. Oh. I think everyone sees a good footballer in him. I think they just feel like, and I think Luke probably to himself feels like he needs a change. He needs to get out of that West Tigers environment, move somewhere else and and just see where where it goes. You know, he's been shifted between six and seven, um, played a little bit of hooker at times this year as well. So, um, you know, I think there's a few clubs that would be lining up for him. And the question is, is he going to be a success at the West Tigers? And I I just don't see that happening.
3: Well, one player that appears now, David Riccio, your colleague, mm. uh, well, let's say your journalistic colleague, has broken that Isaiah Papalehi is now getting cold feet about wanting to go to the West Tigers. Now, that that would be, a, I would say, on Isaiah's current form in the last 18 months, that would be a huge loss if he were to backflip.
1: Huge, huge. And, you know, the West Tigers have built their future around, you know, the, the arrivals, impending arrivals of Apikoraya Sal and Isaiah Papalehi. So. Um, if those guys aren't uh, at the Tigers next year, well, that's going to be a huge blow. Papa Lee, he's an outstanding player. You know, they've lost Luciano Leilua, they've lost Luke Garner, they lost Kelma uh, to Alangi because of the fact that they had um, Papa Lee. He came in, you can't forget, he, he did his deal in the preseason and was really close with, with former coach Michael Maguire. That was part of the reason uh, that he went to the Tigers. Michael Maguire is not there now. So there's definitely some cold feet uh, around his impending switch.
3: Can he can he backflip though if he signed a contract?
1: Uh <laughs> Or does a contract mean law. nothing? <laughs> but, well, you know, it, it, it will hold up in a court of law. There's no doubt about it. But it just depends on what extent you want to pursue it. You know, do you go, okay, do you concede that this guy doesn't want to come here? Do you look at a player swap? Do you look at financial compensation? Do you make him sit out? Who knows? Like, but he's signed uh, with the West Tigers. There's no grounds
3: for that release. Okay, uh, a couple of things that uh, is really annoying me. The Cameron Munster thing is really annoying me. And we know Brayton Asta, who does NRL 360, is the host, and he's his manager. What is the word? Uh, what, what are they waiting for? Is he going to stay or is he going to go in 24?
1: Oh, I'm not sure yet. I don't know. I'm not Oh, sure come, he, on, well, not like, free, come on, Michael. Come on, Michael. He's not free to negotiate with anyone for 24 yet. So um, there will be no deal. Uh, unless he re-signs with the Storm, there won't be an announcement that he's left Melbourne until post November one, because he can't find a deal elsewhere at the moment, the way it stands. So um, whether that is enough, I don't know. He's been in contract negotiations with the Storm for a couple of months now. He rejected their first offer, which was a lot less than, than what he's earning at the moment. And I think his form has surpassed, um, you know, his pay packet at the moment. So you know, he's a million plus player, and, and that's what the Dolphins can offer him.
3: All right. The other the other story that uh, was well, not broken, but, but it's uh, Andrew Webster, to the Warriors. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, good. I think he's you know he's been in and around the system now for two decades in terms of assistant coach roles, and you know a short stint as West Liger, the West Tigers interim coach. Spent two years at the Warriors. Um, when the Warriors said they were looking for a, 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 an emerging coach, Andrew Webster fits the bill. So I think he you know he'll do a good job.
3: All right, Michael Karyanis from the Daily Telegraph. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. I think Pretty Boy sounds better than MC, don't you, is the nickname?
1: <laughs> I let my wife go.
3: <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate your time. Michael Karyanis with all the hot of what's happening in the NRL. It is uh, 4.39 here on the run home with Beave and McIver. Hey, uh, just a couple of those uh, first 15 nicknames have come in. Love this one. Woo! Nature Boy, Ric Flair. How Where would you put him in the 15?
4: I don't know, is he, is he a bit of a second five? Is he a bit of a 12? <laughs> I don't know. He's a bit...
3: Nah, you got to have him at, oh, actually, I could say, could have him in your position at 10 because you're all pretty boys.
4: Woo! Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you as a compliment. Um, Villa gorilla at uh, number eight.
3: Richard Villasanti. Oh you my, go. you know the only memory I have of him that it still hurts? Hitting, sparking
4: the Sydney Roosters sparking come back the sp- in that grand final. Yeah, yes.
3: And I was there on the ground like, <laughs> and I saw it and I went, oh, why did you have to do that to Brad Fiddler?" You oh, could have just
4: tackled him normally. <laughs> you could have just,
3: <laughs> <laughs> rather than leading with your head.
4: We'd oh. already have a premiership by now.
3: <laughs> oh, stop it. It's
2: 4.41. In today's and Rapid 25 wrap-up.
3: Yes, let's uh, look at the things in this and Rapid 25 wrap-up. And the one thing, actually, funnily enough, I've been sort of touching on it with the waiver idea and concussions and things like that. Sam Underhill, English Lucy, uh, played in that 25-17 win. Yes, it was at the weekend when the Aussies were beaten by England. But he's gone, concussion. And it's not the first time. So, you know, concussion is is, a, is going to be an ongoing story. has been for a long time. But when you look at the series... Ouch, Beav. Ouch.
4: Yeah, it is an ouch for, for England. I look at the Australian injury toll and I think they're even harder hit and it could be a case of who's got what 23 left. I think when you look closer to home, massive impact as far as who's going to be available for the All Blacks this weekend. I don't know, have we heard anything out of the Irish camp around Johnny Sexton? He obviously hobbled off with five minutes to go, is was that bad? It looked like a knee or an ankle there. Um, so I don't know what our spies are saying as far as how much he's trained so far this week. But for me, I look... Obviously, Underhill's injury is big for England. Aussie have had multiple big injuries to affect their team. And for us, we've got one big injury, a concussion-related again, around Whitelock. If Whitelock plays, then all of a sudden, our all-black team looks completely different. So <laughs> wow. injuries are going to... Injuries are going to have a massive impact that, that's on this it. weekend. Wow. How
3: about that for a statement, though? If White Lock plays... So, in other words, can I read into that? When you say, if White Lock plays, as you are waving your arms around, if White Lock yes. plays, all blacks win.
4: Yep. Because all of a sudden, our Ford pack goes back to the Ford pack that made a mess of the Irish line-out. And the Irish line-out worked beautifully in Dunedin. That's because there wasn't three great locks competing every time all of a sudden you've got this big body who was carrying like a man possessed at Eden Park, and suddenly the gain line, which we struggled to get yeah. in Dunedin, ain't an issue. So for me, the balance of the pack, it's only happened once so far with Barrett at <laughs> six, and Whitelock <laughs> and big Brody there as the locks, but all of a sudden I think... We've seen the future of this All Black team, and it just has to get there.
3: Me likey. will ta- talk more about Test Rugby, and in particular, Australia and the English Test with Sean Maloney. He's the commentator for Channel Nine. Stan doing rugby in Australia. Well, he'll join us at half past five. But that was today's Voltaren Rapid 25 wrap-up.
2: Don't let back pain get in the way. Get fast relief with Voltar and Rapid 25. Read the label user-directed. If symptoms persist, see your doctor. Incorrect use may be harmful. Do not use if you have stomach ulcers.
0: GSK Auckland.
3: 454 on the run home with uh, beeve and MacIver. Beave's having a... Oh, he's, he's disappeared. He must be doing number twos. Well, we'll come. We'll, we'll figure that out in just a moment. Uh, our producer, Jacob, who is... Uh, filling in for Manaya is actually a huge footy fan. And when I say footy, I mean the round ball game, okay? Football, soccer, as some like to call it. But there is some huge news coming out of the Melbourne victory camp. And I know you said, oh, please, can we talk about it? Please, can we talk about it? When I read about who they have signed, I went, yes, let's talk about it. So, uh, Jacob, who have they
6: signed? Uh, so they've signed Luis Nani. He's a Portuguese winger that played for Manchester United back in uh, the Sir Alex Ferguson days, so the glory days of Man United. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a really big signing. Um, what, 100 hundred games for Man U, or oh, is it 100 games for Portugal? Uh, probably, I mean, probably for coming both. up both, yeah. It's so probably
3: more than 100 games, because they play a million games at, in the Premier League. So. Yeah,
6: so I've just come up with um, a little thing that the A-League have posted. Yep. They've. Uh, it says... Uh, he's made 556 uh, career appearances there you go. and uh, he's scored 264 goals in his uh, career. And he's won one Champions League, which was 2008, against uh, Chelsea in uh, Moscow. One of my all-time worst days, I'd say, as a Chelsea supporter. Cause, um, oh, you are a Chelsea supporter? Yeah, so I was nine at the time. I stayed home from school to watch the uh, the penalty shootout. Yep. And that was obviously the one that John Terry slipped and fell over and became a massive laughing stock basically oh, wow. and I went to school that day and I just got teased like from the moment I went got there until the moment I left so. oh
3: boy you poor baby yeah but it's a big but it's yep. in terms of the A-League
6: how big a deal is it so it's a bigger deal than having the likes of um, like Imagine, imagine David Beckham when yes. he went to LA Galaxy. Right, that's, that's, it's that's similar, that's, really. Yes, yeah, so I would say I would say it's on par.
3: So he'd be their marquee signing, right? Because you're oh, still allowed sure. marquee signings outside of whatever cap. Do they have a cap? Oh uh, yeah,
6: they do have a salary cap. Yeah, but the
3: marquee signing you can pay whatever as long as you've got third party uh, agreements that'll pay for him, right? Yeah, I'd assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, but it's pretty exciting too.
6: Uh, righty, there is other news too. We've got a former. And New Zealand are off to Colo Colo? Yeah, Marco Rojas. So Nani's actually replacing Rojas at the um, Melbourne victory. So, yeah, and Luis Nani has uh, signed a two-year contract. So they've got him for two years. And, um, yeah, Marco Rojas has just left on a free to go to Colo Colo. Uh, they're basically the premier side in Chile. Um, so, yeah, if you have a FIFA game, they're definitely on there. It's a good, um, I guess, good sign of... Knowing you know the global game and yeah, how yeah. big stat how big of a stature they have in in world hey, football. Okay,
3: so so if you're if you're a footy head and yeah. in that and in that footy in that term, have you signed on to this FIFA Plus thing? This free FIFA Plus where you can you can get all um, uh, millions of
6: invincible football games. Sorry. No, so I actually I, I actually think being sport the way that Sky Sport have got it set up at the moment, is yeah. it's, it's it's actually pretty pretty primed for like any football fan. They they've got Bundesliga, Serie A, you know all the top leagues, league, uh. but you have to pay for Sky. Remember? Yeah, I know, but but I, I'm told, I, and I'm, I'm told
3: FIFA Plus is is is, fr- is free. Oh, really? Okay, I actually <laughs> haven't heard of it. Too, why, am I, why am I telling you I know, this, I, you know, I know. I, I mean, like, come on, yeah. What's, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. Uh, so the Lewis Nani signing for Melbourne Victory is a plum signing. That's like one of the best signings you, they would have ever had in the A League. Oh.
6: Oh, yeah, it's oh, definitely up there. Definitely oh, up there. Oh, yeah. You're giving it the
3: Keith Quinn. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. oh. All it's the, just not Joan Lover, It's Lewis Nani. Yeah,
6: I mean, if you're a football fan or the uh, Gary Neville in the um, Champions League. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that's a big deal.
6: Okay, are you happy yeah. now?
3: Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. You're, like, really for happy sure. thank, now. Thank you. No. Thank you, <laughs> you, don't have to thank me. You're the you're the producer. You told me what to do. Remember that? Oh, So yeah. now I can dob you back in. I mean... Yes,
6: that is true. But you know,
3: yeah, it's important. It's important because they only go certainly produce. I'm uh, actually because the Phoenix are getting uh, Costa Barbarousa's back, aren't they? That's true. Back, yeah, they've had him before.
6: Yep, yeah, they've had him uh, twice before. Actually, so he's, come, he's he's a bit of a come there, come there, come. You know, he's a bit of a journeyman. So well, but he's been, hang on.
3: Costa's a little bit more than a junior man. Yeah, not he, he or is. Hang on, see, because I, I confused him with Marco Rojas. Yep. So if you were to have either one, who's the goal scorer? Or are they both so, good goals? Uh,
6: Career-wise, Costa has scored more than yeah. Marco Rojas. But of of late, Marco Rojas has been definitely in form for the A-League for the past couple of years. Yeah, when we talk about this, does it sort of make you cry just a little bit
3: that we, um, we're, <laughs> not, we're not the World Cup? Or oh, for the sure. World Cup. I
6: watched that game and I was screaming at my uh, laptop and my uh, flatmates were all like, oh, shut up, shut up. So, that yeah, that was a very upsetting day yeah, for me. It
3: was, and, and, and I think because Danny Hay has done such a good job with the All Whites. Yeah. I mean, he used to be the Sacred Heart college coach. Yeah. When um, my son went to Sacred Heart a long, long time, well, not that long ago anyway, and he he would train that Sacred Heart team yeah. seven days a week, damn near, yeah. or six days and then the sixth day I think was game day and the sad day, mm. and they would be at before school at 7 in the morning, those boys would be training. So he didn't muck around, and he's, he's got one of these – ideas of coaching that just works across all age levels because there was always that concern, okay, you're a great school coach and then you can go off and I think Eastern Suburbs he coached for a while. Uh, But to be the, the coach of... Uh, the all-whites and do such a good job is something that we, uh, we are very happy with. But we're not happy that they're not in the FIFA World Cup. Anyway, Luis Nani, big signing for the Melbourne victory in the A-League. It's heading towards 5 o'clock. Johnny's not too far away from the latest in news. Do not forget, in around five minutes' time, we talk to the great one. We're gonna, we talk about nicknames? We, we're going to call him the great one. That's right. Ray Warren. It's just, Origin's just not the same without Rabs. We talked to him a little bit just after five. So stay with us here on the run home, and we'll see if we can track down, get get Beaver out of the bog and get him back on air. Talk to you shortly. It is 5.04 on a Tuesday evening with Stephen McIver and uh, Beaver and the estate out where is B? He's about out west somewhere. Anyway, he's Wai- in Wai- Waiuku. Waiuku. yeah, that's right. The estate in Waiuku. We'll be talking to uh, him shortly. Just having a few techo problems at the moment. But it is uh, a very, very busy hour. Our Mac menu, thanks to McDelivery. In a moment, we're going to talk to Ray Warren, the great one, about origin number no. three. Sean Maloney from Channel 9 and his their rugby caller at 5.30. And of course, we'll keep those uh, first 15 nicknames coming through. How <laughs> this one? Kia ora, amigos. At Prop, we've got Bloody Mary. Queen of England, although she tends to lose her head under pressure. Oh, my goodness. Not a bad idea, though. It hooker, but you lose your head. You don't want to do that. All right, let's get busy with Rugby League. Smith for Lager.
7: Lager gets it away.
4: Here's the big fella. Gets the pass on. Coyne, Coyne goes for the corner and gets the try.
3: <laughs> How could you not forget that one? Uh, one of the great origin moments. Imagine calling a, a Rugby League for over 55 years and other things. Uh, 45 grand finals and 99 origins. But I tell you what, as a broadcaster, if you ever want to know how to be a very good commentator and about the nuance of commentary, the highs and the lows and take you somewhere you never want to be and then you want to be, the only man you want to listen to is Ray Warren. And he joins us right now. Hey, Ray, thanks for joining us.
5: Steve, how are you, mate?
3: Yeah, I am good, thank you. Uh, Can I just be blunt? And you've probably heard this a million times, but gee, we miss you. We honestly miss you. (laughs)
5: Yeah, well, I'm missing the game too, I can assure you, um, and I'm, I'm having trouble getting used to retirement, uh, which comes as no great shock. Um, i had been around talking about it for some, probably 15 years, but I decided it was time and, and now I'm paying the penalty, if that's the way to put it.
3: Oh, it sounds sad when you say paying the penalty because you are forever and will always be the voice of rugby league as far as many, many are concerned. And it's in a hell of a legacy, and, and you should be incredibly, incredibly proud of it. But And particularly, too, in the grand final in Origin Arena. But as we, we head towards tomorrow's Origin decider, do you think Billy Slatter can emulate Fatty Voughton and as an ex-player win his first series? <laughs>
5: Yeah, that's probably the first question people ask um, when it comes to uh, Paul Vorton. You know, uh, can you can you do a fatty? And um, the answer, when you're talking about Billy Slater um, fellows, I I wouldn't um, doubt his ability to do anything. He's he's one of the most intense people I've ever met. He's he's very highly educated in in everything, um, but particularly in rugby league, he's a craftsman, he's a tactician. Uh, I, I, I would never sell out on on Billy Slater's ability to, to do something. Okay, it might not look too good over in Perth, but this is Suncorp Stadium and it's a decider. Ray,
4: right, it's uh, Beaver here. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us this afternoon. You just talked about Suncorp and uh, the fact that it is a decider. I've been lucky enough to go to one decider at uh, Brisbane a few years ago. Can you just explain to us what it's like on that day and you know, a Wednesday in Brisbane? It's uh, it's like nothing else, is it?
5: Well, the, the Queenslanders have always, to me, been hungrier and they took origin much more seriously than New South Wales. I, I think the Blues and the people in New South Wales are catching up, but I, I have to say that before I try to describe game day in Brisbane, um, it, it's uh, it's quite amazing, the number of maroon jumpers particularly uh, that basically walk up and down the streets. I don't know if they know where they're going. And then you, you venture into Queen Street Mall, which is the hub of Queensland, of uh, Brisbane. And there it is now. It, it's a sea of maroon jumpers. And I, I've got some friends going up there and I found a couple of tickets for them. I said, if you venture to Queen Street Mall on game day, or you walk down Caxton Street on game night, uh, just make sure you wear a maroon beanie because that's um, that's part of uh, your protective equipment for a trip <laughs> uh, for a trip to Brisbane for uh, a particularly an Origin decider.
4: Now, Rams obviously you've called all their great impossible victories as they often are described. No monster this would be as big a Houdini act as uh, Queensland have pulled off, wouldn't it? Just add to the story, wouldn't it, if they could pull this off?
5: Yeah, well, you, you're right. Uh, I've used that name a few times, Houdini, and now you, you, you're getting me back now, but I remember <laughs> back in 2001, they, they pulled off a Houdini. They they pulled this little fella called Alan Langer out of um, the north of England and brought him back, and... They went on to win a a series with the help of Alan Langer, which I don't know they could have done without him. And here here we've got the best player in the Queensland side, possibly the best player in rugby league today, um, out of this match. And to lose Munster uh, really would be very similar to losing Nathan Cleary out of the New South Wales side. But... Uh, I can't begin to tell you the enormity of the loss of Munster because um, when he's on, uh, there's nobody better. Nobody better.
3: The, one of the themes that's going around as far as New South Wales are concerned, Ray, is that why is Regal Campbell-Gillard not playing when Jacob Saifidi's numbers don't even stack up as far as a forward when it comes to metres, tackles, offloads, to whole nine yards? Are they letting themselves down by leaving Regan Campbell-Gillard out?
5: Oh, gee, that's a very hard question for me. I, I mean, I'm not at the coalface. Um, and I just spoke about I would never, ever um, give up on Billy Slater. And I, I, I have to say the same about about Brad Fittler and the people around him. Uh, he's... It's not just Brad Fidler. He's got Greg Alexander, one of the greats. He's got Danny Bediris. Uh, he'd, he'd be leaning on Andrew Jones a little bit. Um, it, it's not really for me to say. And you're quite right. I mean, we can talk numbers, um, and sometimes I get sick and tired of stats and talking numbers, but um, Safiti um yeah, on on paper and on what we've seen this year, he's not playing as well as Campbell Gillard. But there must be there must be a, um, a very good reason for what they've done.
3: Let's talk about game day for you because people hear you, they see you, but they never know if people at your level have a routine. Have you always had a game day routine that you went through to get yourself in that position? And were you always nervous?
5: Yeah, the answer to your last question is, yes, I I, I was always nervous. Um, I was nervous the first match I ever called back in 1966. Um, And those nerves got worse as I got older. And and that was one of the reasons I thought it was time to give it away. But then again, on the the flip side of that, I've got to be honest with you, I I think some nerves um, are are good. I think they're an indication that you're never going to become complacent. You're always going to do your preparation, um, your research. Yeah, I, I think to be nervous, it can it can really get to you. Um, but at the, and at the end of the day, you want to be a, a little bit that way. And I, I, I would think that most players would say the same thing. But uh, to answer your question about did I have any set preparation? No, I, I'm not boasting when I say this. I, <clears throat> I don't really have to manufacture passion um for rugby league i i just love it so much it wouldn't matter whether it was team 15 playing 16 in the nrl competition my instructions or my desires or my wishes for the people around me please this this match is a very unpromotable game but we've got to be our best because if we don't sound interested with this game 15 versus 16 how can you expect to retain an audience, and that's that's our job. So, a long answer, but it's the best I can come up with.
4: Rebs, you mentioned the all-star lineup that looks after the New South Wales team, and and obviously with Queensland, you've got probably three of the greatest of all time coaching and mentoring them. Could you imagine what it's like for those young fellas in there? Obviously, they're. Uh They were a big underdog as far as Queensland goes, but having those three there, they'd be some pretty inspiring characters to have around the uh, camp all week, wouldn't they? Oh,
5: just unbelievable. I mean,
4: um, I remember you mentioned
5: Paul Voughton earlier, and um, Paul Voughton got into the lift at the Travel Lodge where they were staying back in the middle 90s, and Ben Iken got in the lift, and... uh, uh, Sadie thought he was a school kid looking for an autograph. <laughs> uh, uh, so can you imagine Ben Eichen? He's got in the lift with the coach, and the coach thinks that he, he's in year 10 at high school, but the kid would be absolutely enamoured at, at even the mere thought of standing in the same lift as Paul Horton. But the, Paul Horton is multiplied by three or four or five, if you like. I mean, these kids... They're not kids, but these kids are under the coaching of Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston. Not too far away from the the epicenter of all this <laughs> is Darren Lockyer and Wally Lewis. <laughs> now, Lewis is already an immortal. The other four are, are destined to become immortals. So I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine not only the, the thrill and the honour? And the privilege, but you talked about nerves. Can you imagine the nerves running through the adrenaline of these young players?
3: Ray, were you tempted to hang on for your one hundredth Origin?
5: Um, not, not really. Uh, no, not really. I've, I've got to be very honest with you. I, I knew if I did Origin one hundred, it'd be game one in Sydney, but it would also be in the last game. I, I. I'd made up my mind that I if I went on, I'd only do game one and I'd only be doing it because it was game one hundred, which just looks pretty, so it it didn't mean that much to me. What I was dodging, what I was dodging is not doing my last match and knowing that it was my last match because seriously at seventy nine i I don't think my emotions, I, I think they would have taken over from me, and I would have gone out, I think, on a, a less than memorable note, um, if that makes any sense.
3: I think, oh look, mate, we'd have you back any time. It's as simple as <laughs> that. I've I, I got to say one thing, though. Do, uh, the Borkham Hills Bowling Club. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I hear I hear you're a your regular visitor, because a friend of mine, his dad is named Jeff Rust. Do you ever bump into Jeff Rust at the Borkham Hills Bowling Club?
5: <laughs> no. Everybody at the bowling club is called mate. Um, I, I don't I, I don't seriously, I don't think I know very many of them at all and I, I walked in there, I go there often to be quite frank but it's also got a TAB but I, uh, I went in there one day with my brother in law and they've all got their bowling gear on, you know, I don't, I don't bowl but I go in there to have a punt on occasion drink but I'd, I'd walk through the front door and say, hello, mate, how you going, mate? And <laughs> Yeah, hello, mate, yeah, Good day, mate. And, uh, <laughs> I think I walked past about 10 of them and I called them all mate. And, <laughs> and me, m- me brother-in-law, he said, jeez, oh, you've got some friends here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't
3: know who they are. I don't know their names. Oh, look, well, you know, most importantly, it's Dana...
5: The most, it's the most popular Christian name at the Borkham Hills Bowling Club, mate.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, most importantly, they know you and we, and we love you, mate. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Enjoy Origin 3 tomorrow.
5: I'll do my best. I'll be watching and uh, I won't say who I'll be barracking for, but I can assure you it's not easy for New South Wales to win a Game 3 decider at Suncorp Stadium. I think they've only done it a couple of times. <laughs>
3: Thanks, Ray. I appreciate your time. It's five seventeen. That was the great one, Ray Warren. Uh, man, uh, you just you know, Beef. When you listen to him, I still get goosebumps. Even at the even after all these years, just listening to him talk about footy, I get goosebumps. I don't know if it's the same for you, but boy, he he is he is for me is still on any overball code, the benchmark.
4: Well, Stephen, I thought I was nervous about. Being a co-host with you today, obviously, <laughs> I explained how long I've been in awe of you. Oh, stop. And then you just go ahead and top it. I, that, that's as good as it's going to get for me in my broadcasting career. And no, no, Ray Warren, <laughs> that was, uh, that's as good as it gets. He is somebody I've listened to for Friday and Sunday for the last I don't know how many years. And uh, as you say, I've always said sometimes he's actually better than the game he can make an average game of league sound like it is the greatest event going. And uh, that's the magic of him. And uh, I just wish i played one game of league to hear him calling my own name. Uh, Donald drops the ball, Donald's putting out on the fall or, or something along those lines, you know. Uh, isn't, that but, but, uh, isn't
3: it funny you think of it like that, though, that as a player, regardless of what you played, that you wanted to be call, uh, hear your name called by someone like that? And I think that that in itself is the legacy of Ray Warren. Absolutely. All right, 5.19. This is the run home with uh, Beave and McIver. It It is 5.24. This is the run home. As someone says, it should be Beave and Steve. And they know I don't like Steve. But there you go. We'll just move on that one because we're looking at our... uh, our Great text, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) We're looking at our our, uh, Test 15. uh, What do we call it? Teamless Tuesday uh, with nicknames.
4: Our first first 15 of nicknames. Our first
3: 15 of nicknames. Sexy Camel. Is, that, is Tim Southey called the Sexy Camel?
4: That's from a rival radio station's nickname to him.
3: I oh, okay. Know Didn't know his, that. I don't okay.
4: know if it's his inner sanctum uh, <laughs> nickname. Um, <laughs> Trinity Trent
3: Bolt? Yeah. <laughs> um,
4: well, there's been some great texts recently. Uh, Cameron's texting Scotty the Pig Styrus at Loosehead. Um, I actually think... Uh, Do you think Scotty he still likes it? Scot- I think Scotty Storos was a dashing number 10 in his day for Hamilton, uh, Ham- was he Hamilton, Hamilton Boys? High. Hamilton yeah.
3: High, not Hamilton Boys High. Uh, sorry, Hamilton Boys Hamilton High. Hamilton Boys. You see they're cleaning yes. up at the moment? Have you seen oh, that? Yeah, they well, are cleaning up at the moment. They're a,
4: they're a professional rugby team. Is Glenn not,
3: Ross, uh, Ross still there? Is Glenn Ross, the former Waikato coach, still there yes, ro- uh, running their if, rowing program?
4: Well, he, last time I saw Ross, he was. So I'm pretty sure he probably is. He loves that sort of stuff. Uh, Craig, great text here. <laughs> to complete the front row, and obviously now we've got some real contestants with uh, the pig star is at Lucid from Cameron. Uh, we've got uh, front row of Bloody Mary, Piggy Muldoon and Crusher Collins.
3: Oh it's not bad, eh? Cr- that, that's Craig. that's that is not bad at all. Crusher is such a cool name. Can you imagine? I saw Crusher actually in uh in the uh, eastern suburbs, you know, where I where I hang out, you know, by, by the water. You can imagine it's a rather nice cafe too. I saw her the other day talking to a Meryl Hopeful, uh, having, a, having a wee chat about that. So that's interesting. All right, just a couple of uh, all-black texts that I know you would like to respond to. I like this one too. Rago's goes, the ABs are top-heavy with too many instinctive players. And not enough intelligent players. Now I'm going to say one thing. I always sometimes thought instinctive you were intelligent because you could see ahead of the game. So what do you what do you think?
4: Yeah, I guess you've got me a little bit there. Instinctive and intelligent. Instinctive. I think instinctive is actually a forgotten art in, in, in the current current wow. sort of game because you look at so many players or so many I guess in decision making positions, and it's so structured. That's why, like I've I'll openly admit. You know, it's only recently that I've started to see the, the merit in Johnny Sexton. And you watch him at the moment, and he's he's playing a little bit, you know... Off the excuse, cuff. Excuse the pun, old school and off the cuff. And <laughs> and apart from Bodie Barrett and Richie Umeung in this country, I don't think, when I watch Super Rugby, I think all our teams run around organising structure, as opposed to what you're seeing... And, I mean, I'm meeting Bodie Barrett and Richie aside. I think they play brilliantly yeah. and off the cuff. But you're watching Johnny Sexton, particularly in that second half, and he had guys running – I mean, this is getting a bit technical for you, possibly, Stephen. Oh, but well, well, okay. Just a, sho- <laughs> just, just a thing as basic as a shoulder ball where, where a guy starts inside you and then comes on the outside of you, and he put – I think it was big James Ryan through the, the six-foot – 11 lock for a gaping brick hole. And you just don't see that with our with our current crop of tens and super rugby because they're all running around organizing their three guys in front of them, which are pods, and then the next three out there. And Johnny Sexton was just seeing things, had runners either side of him, took it off nine, which I loved. The fact that he wasn't waiting to go through the, the pods and the structure. Just took it off nine, went to the line, had a wee shoulder ball. And as I say, a big lock went through a gaping hole. And he just did things like that. He wasn't obsessed with his structure, but he got momentum. And he was just playing what he saw, hitting whoever he wanted on the chest. And I just think if you're a young 10 in this country right now, if you wanted to watch someone, I mean, we're not all blessed to be Bodie Barrett and we're not all blessed to be Richard Morgan mm. just with these freakish ability and talents. I think someone like Johnny Sexton, who's not athletically gifted at all, has got the ability to mix his game up there and just see, play, hit whatever pass he wants. I just thought it was wonderful to watch, and I just compare it to what was seen during Super Rugby this year, and you just don't see enough of
3: it. Yeah, I mean, it's they say they say the they say the good ones or even the great ones can see. 2 3 phases or sets ahead at whatever sport you're playing and that's what makes them so good and I I do love the idea of instinctiveness but what you you will understand too is the instinctive players also know exactly what's going on they know what's being they know what the coach wants but they also know that they have the ability that they are undeniably better than the guys beside them that they can do that and they will always back themselves would that be fair i mean we this country hates Overconfidence, but I'll say this if I'm Bowden Barrett, God, what I wouldn't be Bowden Barrett. Okay, settle down. Uh, (laughs) I if if I see something in front of me, I'm taking it because I know I've got the footwork and the ability to make that hole and open it up.
4: Well, that's that's the magic of Bodie. Bodie sees, Bodie does, you know, like he's he's got a structure around them, but as you say, if he sees half a gap, he's got this pace and this ability and skill to be able to take take full advantage mate
3: you are you are a quota today right you've called the uh, white lock we win Bodhi sees Bodhi does that's two you're two for two okay
4: you are I'm actually... I don't know where that came from.
3: Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, oh, even better. Be the humble one. That's good. And I'll take it. Bodie sees. Bodie does. And quick text before Johnny updates us the news. Piggy Star has played left wing for Hamilton Boys. Uh, Slow and wet conditions. <laughs> Pedestrian on a dry track. Let's leave it at that. It's half past five.
4: Brutal. Welcome back in to the run home with Kirst and Beaver, which is now Beaver and Stephen McIver due to. Cursed being at the Moldy game tonight in the capital, which I'm sure will be just as warm as Dunedin was on Saturday night. Now, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome in our next guest. People, it's been a day and an evening for Australian royalty. Uh, first of all, we had Ray Warren. Now we have the one and only Sean Maloney out of Australia. Sean, how are you?
7: What an introduction that is, Pete. I will sort you out when I come over for that Bledisloe that we're going to
4: win in September. I look forward to that. I just just thought today couldn't get any better once we had Ray Warren, but then we just elevated it again. Uh, Mate, how is Australia at the moment? What a series you're having.
7: I tell you what, I wish you hadn't got me this time last week. I was in a much better mood
4: now. Uh,
7: I've, got, I've, got, I've got that PTSD from 2016 kicking in again for the last time England came out and uh, wiped the Wallabies. I'm nervous again, and uh, I've got good reason to be, because they really found some form up in Brisbane, did... Uh, the English and guys, that was the first time that the Wallabies have lost at Suncorp in their last 10 outings, so it was a monumental win from
4: uh, the guys out of the UK. We'll get on to how good England were, especially in that first 20 or 30. But for the Aussies, mate, is that injury toll starting to get just too much?
7: It is, it is, but when you kind of break it down, like the back should be okay, so your 910 are okay. Samu's good. Uh, there's still the option now of Hunter or Len at Thirteen. so he will be back. Marika's good one wing. It's just that fullback spot that we need to plug, and I don't know... I'll be interested to see which rain Dave pulls, because Reese Hodge got yanked back into the squad from that Aussie A series over in Fiji recently, so he's a chance uh I, i'm not sure who else there is outside of Hodge to go back in that 15 spot and the other thing we need made is is a lock that uh that can match it with uh those big boys from uh England because uh Cade Neville is
4: not going to be playing any rugby for a long long while you t- you talked about the big boys it went back to very much the english of old when the the backs were against the wall that forward pack particularly in that first 20 or 30 minutes where they built, I guess, the game, they were brutal, weren't they? Do
7: You know what it brought me? It took me. You know it took me back to, mate? It took me back to when you and I were over there at the World Cup in 2019, and there was that England New Zealand uh, semi, and they didn't put a foot wrong for like the first 45 minutes of the game. It was almost identical to that. I reckon it was the best 35 at least that they played into that game three years ago, but everything they touched was good. The big blokes were hammering over the ad line. Their passing was good. Farrell was sharp. Smith looked much better. And uh, and their kicking and their way to kicking was spot on. It was almost flawless until Taniola Tupo scored. I mean, that was the first time in that first half that the Wolves even carried inside the English 22 was uh, 35 minutes in. So that shows you how polished they really were.
4: Is there something to take out of the fact that Australia looked, they, they just didn't look on the park for that first 20 or 30 that I guess it didn't get away on them too much and, and they had a chance to, to come back or do you think it was that comprehensive that Dave Rennie will have to be doing a fair bit of nursing this week to get the boys back up and believing?
7: Yeah, it's a good question. Like When you break down the quarters of the game, which side led so, or which outscored each other in each of those quarters, I think the... I think the Wallabies may have even been, had outscored them in three of the, uh, uh, the quarters outside of that first 20. So, he'd be looking at that and taking some, uh, taking something out of that. But the thing that killed us, right as well, was the discipline was so far off the mark. And uh, and Rennie's spoken about that again this week. and just said, it's um, it's got to improve or we're going to be on the wrong end of another one this time around. So, uh, if they can get that discipline right, they should be okay.
4: I hope he wasn't blown up about the boy that had to get Simbin because of the intercept that was, in all eyes, an intercept attempt. No. Well,
7: you and I both know that's an idiotic rule. He doesn't need to speak about it because the wider rugby public all think it's one of the dumbest laws in the game.
4: Oh, it was remarkable that he got sent for that. And just like, his, what's the Australian public back in? How are they feeling towards the Wallabies? Obviously, Super Rugby. We talked during Super Rugby, and there was a there was a bit mm. of a flow-on effect. Mate, there's a few bit to be excited about by this Wallabies team at the moment, in there.
7: Yeah, there is, and you know what? They've, we're we're looking at a um, we're looking at a proper proper full house at the SCG this weekend, which is
4: Jeez. huge.
7: Uh, last I heard, there was only six hundred tickets left for the SCG, and and I tell you what, they, now that the tickets are sold, I don't mind sharing it again. But it's not a great, it's not a great field to watch footy out <laughs> because you're so far away um, from the actual action. But don't don't tell anyone that's it's uh, actually going. It won't matter now that they're already uh, on their way. But it's uh, it's a tough one to watch games out. But the fact that it's going to be full to the brim is just huge. I can't remember the last time. It might have been that Lions series back in. 2013, the last time we had like a proper full house at any ground in Australia. So uh, it, it's mate, it, they're starting to they're starting to sort of capture some attention over here, which has been a long time coming.
4: And has Eddie started to wind it up a little <laughs> bit this week, or is he <laughs> on the light <polite laughs> campaign again? He,
7: he so he tried he tried to throw a few grenades early, and that mm. no one bit. that no one went chasing them. Everyone just let it go. And he's tried again, and no one's biting. Everything he's tossing in the water, no one's having a nibble at. So it's just sort kind of him stuck on loop at the moment. But I was at a uh, I was at a lunch that uh, that Tim, that Timmy Horan hosted last Friday ahead of that game, and he well probably nine or nine hundred or thousand people at this UQ lunch up in Brisbane, and he just hasn't eaten out of the palm of his hand. He's so affable, he's so charismatic. He, um, but he could have done what he wanted, and they would have said play on that afternoon. So uh, he's he's trying, to, he's trying to win us over in a roundabout way is probably the best way of putting it, but hasn't quite got all the way there yet.
4: Well, that's why I was quite happy that they actually won game two, mate, because there was talk that he might get booted if they lost this uh, Series 3 zip, and let's be honest, World Rugby needs Eddie Jones.
7: Uh, he's great for the game. I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna challenge that. I would have been very happy had they lost the game. I, you know what? I'd gone to our local Bunnings and bought 600 brooms, which I was going to hand out at the SCG for people just to come in and start sweeping stuff. I say the sweeps on at the SCG. Come and get involved. Not now.
3: Hi, Sean. It's Stephen here. I don't want to interrupt uh, your little chat here with uh, A B, but I do have to ask you, you one, one simple, one simple question because uh, on this side of the ditch there is another uh, test series to be decided. Who do you favour, briefly, and why?
7: Uh, I'd suggest Ireland by sixty or seventy this weekend, um, <laughs> and that's and I'm probably under clubbing there, Stephen. I'm probably no. Nah, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'll see what happens to teams that beat the All Blacks the next week and. Uh, it does invariably it doesn't go particularly well so I'm expecting them to bounce back and, and go berserk with a full deck of 15 players on the field I just can't believe that we've got you know, we, we had two history-making moments with Wales beating South Africa, Ireland popping your guys, Scotland beating Argentina then England, snapping that hoodoo uh, in Brisbane all in the one weekend it was just crazy across uh, those uh, those couple of games
4: oh, and inf- I mean, I've been harping on this afternoon about why do we need this nation's championship when we're getting three game series like this all across the globe at the moment it's uh it just seems irrelevant to me
7: yeah i totally agree and this is i mean as we start to come out of covert as well we start to see more people on the road and
4: traveling in behind these sides i saw there was
7: heaps of iris yes. uh in in your coverage from dunedin as well which looked good we had a big pocket of english fans up in Brisbane, which I expect will get bigger again. So, mate, I'm 100% with you. Save it for every four years. And uh, and let everyone else get on the road and get amongst it in between.
4: Absolutely. Well, mate, we very much appreciate your time. Uh, this will go down as one of the great afternoons on the run home. Sean Maloney and Ray Warren, it doesn't get any better than that. So I will hold you to that uh, September date. And uh, yep. once again, mate, thanks. For, thanks for coming on.
7: Uh, mate, I can't wait. It'll be it'll be on us in a second, and I can't wait to have a couple of cold ones with
4: you again. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Cheers.
3: Uh, how about that? Are you, are you very very bromancy? Very bromancy. There's something we should know about.
4: Oh uh, well, met Sean up at the World Cup in 2019, and uh, through...
3: <laughs> Can you not can you not remember was it that? Was no, it? no,
4: we we spent. There's this place called Oita, Yeah. and uh, not one oh. of the absolute uh, bright spots of Japan. It's uh, down the south, and the All Blacks played. I can't. Remember, I think it might have been Canada down there, mm-hmm. and uh, Sean was down there with World Rugby commentary, the World Rugby Feed, Mm -hmm. and he was with uh, Mertz and Melody Robinson. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) Oh no. And obviously I was with Spark and Sumo Stevenson and I think that day we had Tarmody Allison join the crew. Oh my gosh. And we, knowing that Oita didn't have a whole lot going on as far as what we were after, I think we raided one of the vending machines and we were in Maloney's room for a fair while and (laughs) uh, we bonded over.
3: (laughs) Many
4: a uh, local drop.
3: As soon as you said Melody Robinson, and Andrew Burns, I'm going. Lights out, everybody. Oh, she, she was a hell of a crew. She was a hell of a crew. That's a hell of a crew. 5:44. This is the run home with <laughs> Beav and Steve. 5:48 with Bev and Steve on the run home on a Tuesday evening. Kirsty, of course, on uh, rugby duty with the Māori All Blacks playing. Uh, Ireland at Sky Stadium tonight at 7.05. That's going to be an interesting match, Beave, because when you think about it, uh, Ireland, you know, they got tipped up in Hamilton back on June 28, 32-17. Uh, but now uh, there'll be maybe, maybe, you tell me, a chance for us, uh, the dirt trackers uh, to maybe push their way into the Irish side because I can't see too many from the Māori team jumping, jumping ship into the All Blacks, can you? No,
4: no, no, and there won't be. Um, no. And to be fair, there's also probably not a whole lot of chance for the Irish breaking into that 15 and I wonder how I think maybe it's an issue that they actually won on Saturday because we've worked out that how many have to double up and I feel that you're not going to put any of them out there unless they have to. There's a big game to win on Saturday. I thought a while back that this will be the game that they win uh, but not now. Interesting enough oh. we, got a text, we got a text earlier in the show about the Maldives playing tonight. When was the last time they played in the South Island? 1994 wow. apparently. Why don't you Zealand rugby send some of these to places like Nelson? Good, good point. Well, this uh, is this is
3: what comes back to you and me. Me talking to you about saying, you, you, think about the fans. Where are the fans? And rugby, a lot of rugby fans are in the provinces. You know, it's not just in the big centres. I mean, Christchurch doesn't have a stadium. Six hundred eighty-three million. Would you pay six hundred? I mean, hey, here's a question for you. Let's wind some people up. <laughs> I'd rather not, but carry on. Well, uh, do we need another big stadium in Christ? Do we need a proper stadium in Christchurch? Is this country does this country need multiple big stadiums? Well,
4: it depends what you call big stadiums.
3: Well, I that's thirty in- thousand. Actually, that, you're right. It's a very good point because the capacity is only thirty thousand, so it'd be nice and boutique, a bit like Amy Park or Commonwealth Bank Stadium in Sydney.
4: Well, or, F- or Forsyth Bath, which is a wonderful venue. Yep. I think anyone that's been to a game at Orange Theory, as it's now called, yes, been there. Uh, They will swear black and blue If you've been to that ground At 7.30 at night (laughs) In the winter months Which is when our sport of rugby is played They will tell you They need a new stadium And rightfully so I mean Lancaster Park What formerly known as Mm. Before the earthquakes What a magnificent Stadium that was And what it turned out to be As far as When it had all the big new stands It was like a coliseum It was a cracker It was a brilliant, and obviously we know why that's no longer there. So the people of Christchurch deserve something. Obviously there was money to be spent elsewhere prior to getting to a point we are now where the conversation of a stadium is very much on the cards. But you talk to anyone from Christchurch and they are just scathing about the fact that it hasn't started, that it's now been put back again. They... It's a, it's a cost issue,
3: man. It's a cost issue. It you, is a cost you, issue. But it's, it but started, it's only going to get more expensive. Yeah, c- expensive, completely. I, I think one of the, the, the arguments always is, is OK, we spend $683, it's going to be a lot of taxpayer dollar in there. Are you going to get that back? And, well, and how busy <laughs> is that stadium going to be?
4: Well, have you seen where the site for it? it no, no, I actually haven't. It is what we've been crying out for in New Zealand where you were talking about a stadium in the middle of the city and it would just go off on test day or any game day and obviously the Crusaders are (laughs) the echelon top echelon of Super Rugby teams Um, No, it'd be great to have it but you talk to any Christchurch people they can tell you where money's getting spent and they wonder if there's any value in that so uh,
3: ooh okay holding the tongue it's 553 oh yes we do it's 558 you know when I'm around there's always going to be a bit of disco beef okay it's just the way it is of course, it's happy music. It's happy music. Uh, the, the Christchurch chat we had a moment ago has uh, brought in a couple of texts on the Temper Bedpost text line on double A double three. Stephen, it's six hundred eighty-three million now. Ten years ago, it would have been three hundred eighty-three million. Bloody council! Um, the size of the existing Christchurch stadium is great. Never been close to the players. That's Orange Theory. Would be average if they build a stadium where you're so far away from the footy. And this one, this is interesting. Also, we need the stadium for the city to kick it on. It has stagnated. Ouch. That's what someone thinks of Christchurch right now.
4: There you go. That sounded <laughs> sound like, sound like a local. That sounds that sound some, like
3: a local. That's it. There you go. That sounds like someone who really cares about Christchurch. No, no. I, I,
4: I've seen the site. I reckon. Yep. Geez, where where is it? Happen.
3: Just briefly. We've got about a minute. Where is it?
4: Well, my geography's not great, but it's about a few roads back from, this, from the guts of it.
3: Oh, okay, so from the original?
4: No, 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 from from the centre town. Okay, um, so
3: has it got, you know, they say perfect stadiums are central city and they are close to transport infrastructure.
4: I would say yes, but my geography is not great. <laughs> but I, I got it pointed out to me and I was like, geez, we're in the middle of town and they said yes.
3: Oh that's 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 pretty cool. I mean I mean you've you've still got Eden Park which is a dog of a stadium right I and mean, we, we and this and the, No,
4: the, I don't I don't buy that mate. I don't buy. What that. you you have don't you buy this to, Have you gone to Twickenham? a takes you three hours to get to from the middle of London, okay. and no one complains about Twickenham. So no, wow, it's a real Auckland problem that you'll. Sort oh, of bring it up there. it's an Auckland no.
3: problem. Oh, an it's Auckland an. Problem. Hey mate, just remember uh, you're on the outskirts of no, the super I'm city, at the, estate out, there, the yeah. estate out there, the estate out there. All right, stick around. We talk Black Sticks women coming up in the quarterfinals of the Fih World Cup. Stick around, Anna Crowley, not too far away here on the run home with Bev and Steve. 6.04 with Beav and Steve Kirst not too far away we're going live to Sky Stadium in Wellington ahead of the Māori All Blacks Ireland test or game should I say kicking off at 7.05 live on Sky Kirst will join us around 6.20 and don't forget also we've got Drive to Survive there's, there's a lot to look forward to thanks to uh McDelivery that is the Macca's menu it's time now to go to Amsterdam and I think pretty close to Amsterdam is a, a place called Wagner Hockey Stadium in Amstelveen. it's part of uh Amsterdam, but the Blacksticks, let's just remember this there's a World Cup of hockey right now, and our women Blacksticks are in the quarterfinals. They are carving it up, you might say. And Anna Crowley joins us from uh, the Netherlands right now. Hey, Anna, how are you?
2: Hello, I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh,
3: mate, no, thank you for providing entertainment because you're into the quarterfinals. <laughs> You've got the, uh, we are one, two, and three teams. You topped your group. You're up against the Germans uh, at three o'clock this tomorrow morning, our time. What is going? What has changed with this black exercise? You, you guys are, are are defensively just you're demons at the moment. Yeah, no, we um, we're
2: playing amazing. Our team has just clicked and um, fun. Um, we're just connecting really well and, yeah, we're just loving it. So I don't know what the secret ingredient is, but, um, yeah, it really well, which is awesome.
4: And obviously there must be, you're talking about how exciting it is at the moment, how it's all clicking. You just must just want to get out there and play straight away as soon as you've knocked another one off. It must be a feeling of uh, can't wait to get another one in.
2: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, um, nah, it's awesome. And like the Germany, they're going to be such a tough team to beat. But um, our belief and we're so strong united, like we, we think we can do it. So yeah, let's hope five o'clock tonight, local time. So um, yeah. just have to wait
3: and see. They always say championships are won on defences. your goal goal against six, and and Germany seems to have a pretty strong defence. They've only conceded four goals. But most importantly in set play, you've found your feet in this tournament.
2: Yeah, we really have. So we're normally not a field goal-scoring team. We normally score our goals off um, PCs, so it's – a. Big difference for us, scoring actual field goals, which is awesome, but it's so cool to see our strikers just working so well together and connecting and putting the ball in the back of the net, because at the end of the day, that's
4: what win games. And then uh, everyone else we've talked to from your team, they've all talked about the atmospheres at the games, and obviously Holland's a real heartland for hockey. It's uh, obviously been pretty exciting as far as the crowds and all of that goes.
8: Yeah, no, it really has been. And tonight we're playing before the Dutch, so it'll be a big atmosphere. Probably one of the biggest atmospheres all of us are probably going to be playing at um, in front of, which will be uh, really exciting. And yeah, just can't wait to soak it all in and yeah, give it our best shot.
3: Uh, Dutch hockey fans as crazy as their F F one fans, they start letting off uh, orange flares at the games.
8: <laughs> um, I don't think so. They love to have a horn um, that you can hear that going off the time, and they have like little clappers. But no, there's been no fireworks or flares or anything like that, which is probably a good thing.
9: <laughs>
3: At this particular point in time, it's always good to know your lineup. Have there been changes to your lineup since? I mean, you're coming off a break too, which must be a huge bonus, but are there any changes to the lineup for the quarter final?
8: Um, we haven't had our um, game. Day team released yet, so that'll come out in probably like the next half hour but I would say it would probably be sticking to the same because it's just been working so well so we'll have to um,
3: uh, We you assume you're playing uh, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you changed that up pretty I quickly. I
8: have been told otherwise. <laughs> I haven't been told
7: otherwise,
3: so hopefully <laughs> it's being named in half an hour. You playing? Yep. No. Oh, hang on a minute. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, hey, Anna. The best of luck. You know, you, we've got you. We're all right behind you. It'd be good to see you guys make that semi-final. Oh,
8: amazing! You and me both.
3: All right, thanks, Anna. Anna Crowley straight out of Amstelvina is where they're playing. I've got to stop saying guys. It's so un-PC. I've got to say the team. You know, you, the team. It's You can't say guys now, right?
4: Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, I, mean, I don't need to bring you up on the broadcast You do, standards. actually. Um, <laughs> My first question, um, Senior hysterics. Uh, do you Did I mumble on my words a little bit? I no, like thought uh, no, no, the excitement. Uh, you know, no, you just getting on a roll, Steve. You uh, just want to play the next day.
3: No, it was a couple of lines, user, and my little thirteen-year-old potty mind went into overdrive. Uh, so let's okay. not let's, let's just not go there, okay? It's okay. it's six oh nine. This is the run home with Beav and Steve, and Curse is not too far away. Uh, live from Sky Stadium, looking ahead uh, to the Maori All Black Island game, which is uh, not too far away. I'm just looking for something to say. Um, but well, I was going to say, yep. Stephen,
4: now you've would done your research. Anna Crowley. Taranaki. Taranaki. Uh Is she daughter of Kieran? Uh, no, you see, of you're, just, you're just dropping me. Taranaki Vintage? You were what? just
3: dropping. Uh, one would suggest connected. I was in the Taranaki the other day driving a tank, actually. You can see it tonight on Sky Speed. I'm driving a tank, an eight-ton Scorpion tank. Don't shake your head. Well, have, Jacob, you ever, have you ever Jacob driven, driven can, a tank?
4: Jacob, have, do you know how a man took a question about Anna Crowley's parents and whether or not they were in fact uh, Taranaki royalty and turned it into some sort of drive promo for himself that <laughs> he was driving a tank in the Taranaki. I don't, I don't know how a man does that.
3: Do you, do you know who you just reminded me of? You know who you just reminded me of doing that?
4: I hope Murph.
3: Yep. <laughs> exactly right. Hey, just don't forget to join Mick and Greg every Sunday from midday for coverage of the all-harness racing from across New Zealand. Oh, dear, Sunday's midday to one. It's called Trot's Talk. All thanks to the great New Zealanders at the Harness Racing New Zealand It's 6.10. 6.15, busy time at Sky Stadium with the Māori All Blacks uh, playing Ireland tonight at 7.05, Sky Sport on air at 6.30. So we're very fortunate, 15 minutes before they go to air, to talk to Kirsty Santa And Bryn Hall, who joins us right now. G'day, Bryn. G'day, lads. Good to be, good to be on here. Yeah, mate. Here. Yeah, what's the weather like, bud? Give us a, give us the weather and track. Oh, I'll tell you what, it's not great. I think the whole country
9: is, to be honest. Um... No, it's not that great. It's raining a lot, actually. Um, the wind isn't actually too bad, to be honest. It doesn't seem like it's, it's really bad, but um, hopefully it stays away. But, yeah, it'll be greasy conditions tonight. Pretty similar to the first Test match that the Maldives played in, in Hamilton.
4: So you're talking unders as far as a points market goes, Bryn? Is that what we're going with?
9: Oh, I don't know. The Kirstie <laughs> and um, Kirstie and um, Goey actually think it's going to be 13-plus, actually,
4: considering how no. they went last time. But I'm, I'm going 12 and under, Beaver. I'm going 12 and under, just be safe uh, with the weather. It, Nice, mate. Hey, looking at that moldy team, it almost looks like a stronger team um, mm. than than the one that played in in Hamilton. What do you make of it? it? Looks a looks a nice little complete outfit, doesn't it?
9: Yeah, I think it is. I think it just shows how much depth the kind of moldy rugby have at the moment. I think um, you know, with the likes of any time you can swap TJ Perinara for Brad Weber, uh, <laughs> you're yeah. doing pretty well. And obviously, Brad's played pretty well last time they played, and um, even Ree Prince it comes back into the fold. Who's played a lot of experience of moldy rugby for. Cam Sewell-4, who I thought was the outstanding last time they played, so yeah, I think they they do, mate, they've got a lot of experience, and I think even the new guys that have have come up in, they've got seven changes from the last test match, Um, they'll be buoyed by the last performance, and wanting to get the job done, and having a 2-0 whitewash of the Irish, which would be great for uh, Māori rugby to have more tier one nations to play them in uh, meaningful test
5: matches.
4: And when you talk about Māori rugby, obviously they do love to express themselves and entertain, Mm. but there must be an aspect of, as you say, get the job done first, win a series 2-0 against the Irish tonight.
9: Yeah, it is, and I think I think I was a little bit nervous last week when the, the rain came away, thinking, oh, are they going to be able to express themselves? Are we going to be able to show their multi-fling rugby, which we always try to do when we're in camp? But, um, you know, they'll be that excited at the fact that they were able to do that last time, so I can't imagine they'll try and kick the ball away too much. I think they'll have to at times, like they did on um, last time, but um, I think there's enough in the air. Probably, you know, it's a light drizzle and is isn't too bad that they'll be able to express themselves and so put on a, a great showing that they did like they did in the first half last
4: time. When you when you look at the Maldi team tonight, obviously, essentially, you know, you could probably call it a a B slash B-slash-C New Zealand team as far as the All Blacks go. Who do you reckon tonight potentially has the most to gain as far as another big game would start to knock on the door fairly heavily of the uh, All Blacks?
9: Oh look I think Cullen Grace I think he's one guy that I think um, you know since probably the disappointment of not making it has had (laughs) some great performance has had had some great performances um, in the final the semi-finals and even that first test match against Ireland he was he was great. And I think, um, you know, with the likes of, of Scott Barrett being at six and, um, you know, being in uh, a little, you know, I wouldn't say there's a number one selection in that position, um, you know, he's a guy that can play six and eight and he's playing well at a very high level. So I think the fact that uh, they stuck with him at number eight for this test match as well um, just shows where, how, how close he is. And if he puts in another performance and there's an injury or form that doesn't go that way, he's one guy that I think could um, be the beneficiary of, of that moving forward.
4: And obviously, there's some wonderful looking backs, and, and Stevenson had an outstanding game in game one. Joshua <laughs> had a great game. But Josh Morby debuts tonight. Mm-hmm. He's, over the last sort of couple of months, has uh, really announced himself, hasn't
9: he? Yeah, he has. And I said to Joe Will, actually, before we go on there, that's when you lost at the Highlanders because he was down at the Stacks for three years and um, didn't get his chances there. But look, his form for the Hurricanes this year. Uh, was unbelievable. I think, you know, Jordy Barrett ended up going to the 12, but I think there was just more so for the fact that they could trust Morby with how well he's played and been able to score tries and, I guess, influence the game how, how he has. And I think it's going to be pretty important for him tonight, knowing that it's a little bit wet um, on top and with how well Zad Sullivan was able to kick the ball in, yes. that, test, in that test match. He um, turned them around with 50-22, was, was great around the exit play, and, um, you know, hopefully Josh can do the same because uh, we know what he can do with the attacking side. But I think the kicking game that we have to do as well will be really important for the Maldives to come
4: this evening. And Brent, I guess, turning your heads to the Irish, what do you what do you expect from them tonight? Like, we've been joking all week that you don't bother putting on anyone as far as uh, who's going to have to be doubling up. Your Connor Murrays, your Joey Carberries, they, they should stay in their track suits because there's a bigger bigger <laughs> game on Saturday. What, what do you expect? You know, obviously, some of these boys got their last game of a the tour. They want to go out on a yep. high, but, geez, obviously all... All signs point to Saturday, don't they?
9: Yeah, I think it does. I think 1-15 will probably be playing the majority of the minutes, isn't it? I think the likes of Murray and uh, Carberry will, will be keeping the track seats on, but I think for them um, it's a pretty it's a pretty big test match for them, and just in the fact that they, you know, they probably had an idea that they weren't going to be involved in the test matches through injury, if there was an injury, and it's a great chance to put on the Irish jersey to stake your claim for a 2023 World Cup. Um, ideally they would love to be in, in that 23 squad, but um, for their all black series, but um there's a lot to be gained and, you know, Andy Farrell's talked about it that he wants to see guys and give them opportunities and knowing that they need to build depth And look anytime you can get a play a multi team that, um, you know, by themselves, you know, could arguably be a test nation, um, they get to test themselves against that against that and, and more importantly, to try and get a win. You know, they'll be hurting that they lost that first test match. They would have had ambitions to come here win it two nil but they can get that done in Hamilton, and tonight they get an opportunity to be able to try and um, square the ledger and then give the, those boys confidence um, moving forward to the 2023 World Cup and the Irish team come Saturday evening for that big test match against the all
3: And so, Bryn of Wellingtonians turned out for this one, or is it just too cold?
9: <laughs> uh, it looks pretty cold, and I'd like to think that hopefully they do turn out, but it looks like it might be um, get, uh, get you dressing hands on and a hot cup of tea but um it, it looks not too bad Look, there, there are a lot of people coming to walk in and it's supposed to be 14 thousand people here so wow. you know, hopefully nice. they can get a yeah hopefully they can get a lot of people that come here obviously not too sure what the weather might do might dampen in a, a couple of thousand but you know it should be a pretty good spectacle with at least um you know 12 to fourteen thousand people here tonight
4: Oh, that sounds awesome, mate. And uh, we appreciate your time so close to uh, some very serious work you've got going. And obviously, uh, our mate Kirst will want her phone back to get on the TAB app because no doubt she's only halfway through a power play. So we'll leave you to it, mate. And uh, (laughs) enjoy your night. Uh, cheers, guys. Thank you very much.
3: Bryn Hall live out of Sky Stadium uh, for that uh, Māori All Black Ireland game. at 7.05 live on Sky Sport this evening. OK, cold day. I was about to say, I was I was waiting for him to say, yeah, it's not going to be a big crowd because I said, yeah, that's why do you need a big stadium if people aren't going to support it, right? But then 14,000 14, at that place is not bad.
4: 14,000 at that place, considering the yep. same team or the main course is coming up four days later. It's not bad. I've I think that's, that's it's, pretty bloody good, isn't it, it? It's
3: not bad, but do we eat? <laughs> Hot Lips Hulahan? Sorry, just someone texted me in for, the, for our team. Hot Lips. <laughs> Where would you put Hot
4: Lips in your team? Well, Craig wants Craig wants ten and uh, the gla- per, the glamour
3: position of ten. I tell you what, while 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 we're thinking about, it, let's there's let's, no better
4: nickname <laughs> than that. Hot Lips Hulahan has to be our ten now. I just, <laughs> okay, all right, okay.
3: Well, well, do you realize in the ten that we named, you were there. So you, yeah, you look old peppy. Okay, aside. so we're going to put hot lips here. So look, while we uh, think about this, and we, we let's just look at the ten that we named. Okay, so we'll go from the back first. Okay, so we'll go from the the fullback through to the to the front row. So we had uh, Michael Air Jordan at fullback.
4: You like that? I haven't. We haven't received much better than that. So I'm happy. I'm happy to go there. A lot of our suggestions, <laughs> dare I say it, have come up front. From our listeners, they've <laughs> really gone big on the front row. They have, uh, eh? So,
3: so, so. Although a couple of them uh, actually were the same that we had. So, uh, eleven we had at on one wing. We had Thomas the Hitman Hearn's, which is quite cool for a winger. And then, and what's that? What's is second five? Second five, yeah, second five. Uh, Prime time, Dion Sanders. Uh, do you remember watching Sanders play for the Dallas Cowboys?
4: I oh, know the name. Oh, okay. okay, he he was
3: yeah. he was one of those, and pl- in, f- in many ways he's like our center. Uh, our center is, is either Stolbender or Asanya, right? Yes. But they they were both similar personalities. But Prime Time had this ability to evade players. He was like Twinkle Toes. He had really light feet, but boy, could he could he? And he was Prime Time, and he knew his Prime Time, right? At ten we had Hot Lips. Now at nine, I think you'll like this one, Wayne Gretzky, the great one.
4: Yeah, well, how, we've just, I've just missed a text here. Yep. We've got him from uh, someone earlier, Craig. He mentioned at nine the Irishman Ulf the Quarrelsome.
3: Who, start again?
4: Ulf, U-L-F. Yeah, uh, Ulf, the, Ulf. Ulf the Ulf. Quarrelsome.
3: I did miss that completely. You missed
4: that text? I missed yeah, that, Ulf
3: the Quarrelsome. A,
4: that, <laughs> that, that, that text has also produced some very interesting selections. <laughs> Jack the Ripper in the back row. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Iron Lady, Margaret Thatcher. You put, where would
3: you put the Iron Lady in? Would you put her in it? Hmm. Look, our number eight you can't is, would be in any team, right? The Rock, Dwayne Johnson.
4: No, literally he is in any team. Any team that we come up with on a Tuesday, he gets many votes. Oh, oh really? So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Somehow you, he gets manipulated into absolutely every teamless Tuesday.
3: Did you see his cheat meal on, on um, socials today? Was no. um was a dozen eggs. Uh, and there were six of them were egg whites only, and then like half a dozen biscuits, like uh, scone biscuits, you know. That was his cheat meal for a Sunday, having had something like 40 days clean.
4: Mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't think you want to know my diet.
3: <laughs> what was, What's your cheat meal, or is your cheat meal, does that not change from your normal
4: meal? <laughs> my, my cheat meal these days is probably Monday to Sunday. <laughs>
3: Uh, we've got the bronze bomber, Deontay Wilder, at um, Openside.
4: You yeah, like that. I mean, uh, oh, no, <laughs> that text that I just read before yeah. had some fairly interesting back row members yeah. and some guys you probably wouldn't want to mess with yeah. e- either. Who, um,
3: who have we missed?
4: Or Jack the Ripper, okay. obviously. <laughs> <laughs>
3: we got the uh, Honey Bill Heremy Smiler, who's in the... Uh, Burger King fight for life coming up too. Oops. Okay, from McDonald's. Okay, forget about that one. Any move on? Jump uh, <laughs> button. Jump button. <laughs> Boom. dump button. But she's up against uh, a, a lady called Tegan Haworth. Man, it's. Good. I, I would not want to fa- face Honey Bill H- Hermi Smiler in a ring. I've done three of those fight for lives. I, I would not want to face Honey. I'm who, telling you. Who did? Who did you go? I oh, got go beaten the crap out by some guy called um, some Croatian soccer player in the first one. I've forgotten his name. No, I, I, what, well, an all-white? No, no, he was, was a socceroo. I can't remember oh. his name. And then Clint Brown. Uh, you dropped, took on
4: a professional sportsman? Stephen
3: yeah, yeah I did He beat the sh mm. out of me And I lasted one and a half rounds And my the referee at the time Lovely fellow uh, Danny Said to me Spit your mouth gut out It's amateur boxing If you spit your mouth gut out I'll call time I spat <laughs> it out three times the, <laughs> la- the last time I spat it He called the fight Because the guy was standing over me Basically bashing me I had concussion for about 12 weeks Then Clint Brown I got beaten up Well we won't talk about that one So then I did the third one And, and, and basically won it Even though they called it a draw Because I dropped him 10-8 count Big Irish, right? Boom! Straight out. Steve Corgillen, journalist for stuff. Boom! See you later. Thanks for coming. Sorry. I was going
4: to say, there'd be a few Junos that I wouldn't have mind getting into the ring with back in the day. (laughs) I'll tell you that.
3: It is fun. Uh, The big diesel, Keel O'Neill, and King James, LeBron James are our locks, which I think is pretty strong, considering the way those Irish locks went. I mean, I was really impressed by those big boys of Ireland, eh? They were good. They were really – I mean, I watched and I went – they just they're rolling through the middle, and they, and and it reminded me, dare I say, of as you were talking about that generational team of a few years ago, with just roll through with other else.
4: Yeah, well, for me, you know, I mentioned the fact that Lock wasn't there. Do they just roll through a different looking All Black forward pack? That's that's the interesting thing for me. They're
3: not bigger. The All Blacks have never been big on change, have they? They don't. Do you honestly, they always seem to give players another chance. So they don't go, eh, nah, nah, they don't put the old razor through them, do they?
4: A lot depends on how often you've lost, and a lot <laughs> depends on how much pressure the men that pick the team is feeling. And that's the, I mean, that goes part and parcel with having the top job. If Fozzie, he is, dips, al- hit, oh. al- although he knows there's massive, massive amount riding on Saturday's result, if he is steadfast in his thinking and is blocking out all the rubbish that's getting talked about by people such as us and he just knows what he wants to do, then no, he probably won't change much but if he's starting to doubt a bit of his initial thinking if he's starting to feel a little bit of the heat, then maybe the broom goes through I don't think there's a whole lot more we go to. I honestly think you've got a core of a Ford pack that's built around White Lock, Retellick, Scott Barrett Sam Kane, Adi Savia, your Cody Taters. I would have Dane Coles involved this week for pure mongrel and aggression. Um, and, and to be fair, guys like Bauer and that uh, have been having a good series uh, so far. Yeah. So, like, the, you don't... There's no real panic button to go and hit because you're not going to find any better locks. You're not going to find any better flankers. You know, we saw... At Eden Park, what they're capable of. So therefore, then it only comes down to... I think Bill Jordan's a lay-down selection. He he comes in straight away to number 14. I think if Harvili is available, I think he will come into 12. But apart from that, you're not changing Aaron Smith in, a, in an absolute test of this magnitude. He'll be there, so... I don't think there is, even if there was a little bit of panic and second-guessing, there's no one else to go to. And that's not saying we don't have great depth, but it's just that these guys are proven at this time.
3: Lose lose this one, and Fozzie has smelly undies. Simple as that. It's half past six. If you want to play Drive to Survive, 0800 150811 is the chance to get on the blower right now. 0800 150811. And you can play Drive to Survive with Beave and Steve on the run home.
4: Drive, Drive to, survive. to survive. Yes, it is. Drive to survive. And what an exciting time in the life of Stephen McIver for the first time gets to sit <laughs> co-pilot in what has been described by many as the greatest sports quiz in all of radio worldwide. So, Stephen, you're welcome. Thank and, you. Uh, just. <laughs> Thank to, uh, Have one more call for listeners. There is room in the pen. We've got a few in there. There is more space available. So you know the deal, people. Get in, stay in, and who knows, it may come back to you. We have got questions that I think are a step up from where Jacob took us yesterday, where I must say he was in a very charitable mood as far as giving away money from our great mates at the TAB, who, again, have jumped on board today, as they do every day. With fifty dollars of bonus bets, so without much further ado, let's go to our first man, Tim from Christchurch. How are we, mate? Very good, thanks, Stephen. Yeah, not bad. Hey, do you want to just give us an insight? We talking earlier, well, Stephen was trying to get political on us and wanted <laughs> to talk Christchurch stadiums. Uh, you'd be a big fan of a new stadium, wouldn't you? Oh, I just think it's a no-brainer, mate.
9: How can you have the second biggest city? In New Zealand, that can't even, you know, we don't even have a stadium that we can host the All Blacks at.
4: Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the proposed site is great location, isn't it?
9: Yeah, it is. It's actually like literally 50 metres from my work,
4: so it's oh, very, very yeah. handy. <laughs> Friday night games would take on a whole new meaning uh, after work drinks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sensational, if right? They'd done
9: it, if they'd done it when they said they were going to do it in 2000, if it was going to be ready for the 2017 lines tour, it, it would have cost half the money it's going to cost now.
4: Jeepers. And it's only going to get more, isn't it, the longer it's prolonged?
9: Every, I heard something the other day, that every month that it's delayed is another million bucks, or it might even be per week, because oh. of price increases and everything that's going up at the moment.
4: Unbelievable. Well, so they, had, the, they had to lock it in. Yeah. There you go, Stephen. It answers a few questions for you, mate.
3: OK, I'll be quiet.
4: <laughs> right, so let's get into it. As we said, we are playing for 50 today, and we've got Tim from Christchurch on the line. Lap one, question one for Tim. Which Souths player has officially signed with the Dolphins for 2023? Uh, Cody Nikarima. Cody Nikarima is correct. The great Kiwi Utility, who... Uh, Funny enough, has left the Warriors and is now doing a wonderful job for Souths, who might just be getting on a run with the the Trail Mitchell factor well and truly alive with their second half of the season looking a whole lot better than the first. Question two, lap one, which former All Black has been added to the Wellington Lions squad for the upcoming NPC season?
9: Oh, oh no idea. Um,
4: what was it? Former All Black. Former All Black. Been um, in New York. Oh, uh, Ma- no, no,
0: no. His engine has blown, and his chances
4: of winning with it. We stay around, Tim. You never know, could come back. We go to Simon. Simon, how are you in Auckland? Good, mate. Good, thank you. Tell me, which former All Black has been added to the Wellington Lions squad for the upcoming NPC season? Um, it is Nehi, who's fresh from coming back from a cameo appearances in New York where I think he won the Major Leagues. I think it's called in uh, the American Club Comp. So there you go. Body's obviously in good nick and still keen to keep going, so good on him, and uh, they would be a good addition to Wellington Lions. they have him on one wing and uh, the bus on the other. It's fairly handy at MPC, yeah. I must say. Savier did a fine job at centre last year for them too. Question three, lap one here with Simon from Auckland, who is fighting Kaikara France at UFC 277. Um. Uh,
1: nah, I'm not too good on my uh, MMA. That's the pass, mate. He's got a puncture. He's got a puncture. Front left. Front left tires. Yeah, yeah, you can see it's sun and a shred.
4: Stephen, you enjoy our uh, wrong audio? <laughs> <laughs> I c- couldn't help but see the smile but, uh the f- punch in the front left caused you in the oh, studio, I love that. Isn't? I
3: love that stuff. I, I, I I'm, a hu- I'm a huge F1 fan. I'm a huge F1 fan. Even oh, though yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, I always have been, though, mate. Always have yes. been. Like even when you were a child, when I was yes. a lot, yeah, when I was a bit younger, and uh, I, I, when you
4: have a face of Friday Night Footy, you're talking about.
3: Yeah, I, uh, well, about that time, I, uh, out of the blue, bumped into the late Ayrton Senna in Adelaide, in ni- in 1991. Have I ever told you that story? It's a no. short, it's a short one. I met him. I was on a junket, work junket, got to go to the 91 Adelaide Grand Prix when it was there. He was driving from McLaren, and they sounded like tractors when they went past. It was amazing. Ferraris never changed. I was at a Canterbury of New Zealand store, and who was wandering around having a look? Ayrton Senna. And, Got a, and, like, I, and I, I panicked. I started up. My breathing went shallow. I found a pen, found a pen. somewhere, bought a cab said, excuse me, would you mind signing it? And he went, mm-hmm. Signed it, and then I gave it away.
4: Eden was keen on some uh, CCC gear, was he?
3: <laughs> he oh, I didn't see him stacking his bag full of CCC gear, to be fair. But you know what the funny thing about this, and you understand passion, right? And when you meet someone who is who's a hero to you, right, and you think you know them, you think they're your mate, right, straight away. That's what, that's what sport has always been about with fans, right? When he, when he crashed at Imola, and when I found out the next day, I thought I'd lost a mate. That's how, yeah. that, that's how crazy it was. But he was, wow, he was the man. He was the man. And the cars they were driving in those days were a lot harder to drive than the blooming, you know, easy ones they're driving today.
4: I could imagine. Well, that's just a wonderful little story in the middle of drive to survive, <laughs> and no better place to have it. So, I hope Tim, you survived that. It was a great story, but you're still with us. Yeah. I'm here. He had his phone on speaker while you were there going off. You see he Just come back to it. I wasn't going off. <laughs> no, I loved the story. It was appropriate timing. Tell me, Tim, who was fighting Calcutta, France at UFC 277? Brandon Moreno. I was going to say, even if you didn't know that, you had time to Google. You probably had time to get that posted to you in the mail. I, uh, have book, I could have read a book, mate. I could have read a book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Tim, final question of lap one. On our way to 50 bucks from the great people at the TAB. Which Irish rugby player celebrated his birthday yesterday? Um, oh
9: God, no. um Has he got a
1: puncture? He's got a puncture. Front left. Front left tyres. Yeah, you can see it's son in a shred.
4: Well, Tim danced all around the correct answer there. We're going to jackpot. We're going to play for 100 tomorrow. The first question... Will be which Irish rugby player celebrated his birthday two days ago uh, tomorrow, <laughs> and uh, I'll give you the biggest clue yet when I say that Tim danced all around it with Joey Carberry.
3: Wow, is that a clue?
4: Well, I know. Wow, how much attention have you been paying to the Irish series? Yeah, okay, that's fine. Okay, because
3: da- yes. I was looking at the name and I'm trying to think dance, and it doesn't doesn't work with the player.
4: Oh yeah, you're looking <laughs> down that way. Oh, yeah. I was going down that way. A little bit. I, at, um, I go straight rugby since here, so Joey Carberry's a ten, Stephen.
3: Okay, all right. Shoot me and shoot me with you. let's like putting the knife straight in the front, eh? Forget the back. Just go bang. That's a good
4: place. It's a good place to put it. Good, good
3: place to put it. Six forty-two. This is the run home with Stephen B. There's sir. Uh, plenty more to come. We've got lots to talk about. I think. Ow! Uh, come on now. Uh. Play it now, come on, Beef. Let's just get it jiggy in He is not even moving. Six forty-seven on the run home, and that did not even get one shred of a jiggy out of Bev. What is well, wrong? What is wrong with you, my friend?
4: I felt like you were inviting me to the dance floor, and I don't want to. <laughs> Stephen, hey,
3: you, excuse that me. That ain't ever happened. Hey, that but, ain't ever happened. But let me tell you, Bev, mm. in the world we live in now, that is quite suitable.
4: Uh, oh, 100% of this I'm not saying I would not I, go there was, to the dance there was boards, no, no hip thrusting but, uh, there were no gyrations
3: you, from me you could see um, and you just you I turned you off just like that right
4: well I mean Kim can't get me to dance with her on a Friday uh, I don't move that show do you know do was, you know what I actually think um, you would so, be great
3: at dancing with the stars I oh, actually you. think you should give that I know the producer I Good. think you should give that a nudge
4: oh Absolutely. Uh, how much are they paying?
3: Oh, they pay pretty good coin, I think, for stars. No, pretty
4: good. Pretty good wouldn't do it for me. Um, what if I threw wouldn't. in a tractor? Um, no, <laughs> no. To do something like that, uh, you're talking about. Uh, I don't know. Hey, Eric.
3: If Eric can do it, you can do it. Come on.
4: Who's that, Eric Murray?
3: Yeah, I think if he can do it, you can do it.
4: No, I think it's more in his personality. I think, he, it's, oh, yeah. I think that's more him, you know.
3: What this is leading to is me talking about me again, because I've been gagging to do that, and I know producer, and he says to me, <laughs> You're too old, you'll get bounced out in round one. And I just give him the bird and leave it at that. Uh, anyway. I'd
4: love to see you with a shirt buttoned up just past the yeah, navel mate. which dressed um, hey, up I'll, I'll, I'll send
3: you a video of me when I fought last and you'll get shivers up your spine mate, you should see my guns
4: It's 6.48 uh, <laughs> Well I want to know did any of those other people see those guns? They Come did, the girls too. loved
3: it at work, they even went ooh who's this? It's Stephen nicknamed a, Big Show, don't you worry, worry about Brown that
4: What did Brown say when he saw the guns? Uh, he
3: just, You know, we don't talk about it, don't, don't, don't bring it there, thanks mate, <laughs> Dean buller has got this, this here and for extra Time. Hey, We've still got one more break to go, haven't we? Still got one more, no more breaks no, to go? No. We're all done. we finish on a break. Oh, we finish on a break. Oh, it's 6.56. We've got plenty of time. Dean Butler joins us. Uh. Right. I haven't seen Dino. He called me Steve. I said nothing. No, it's He sorry, called me Steve. Sorry, Steven.
0: Sorry. I, I know go. the rules.
3: I know the rules. Well, you don't, obviously, because you called me Steve. But yeah. he's doing extra time. Hello, mate. How yeah. are you? I'm
0: very good, mate. Look, I love to play that funky music, White Boy, Wild well, Cherry. I think I've got the album, Solid Gold 12. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. Yeah. Beaver was still in nappies. I <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, me. Uh, <laughs> look, all I say for today night show is thank God for producer Big Ben Francis. He's teed Big, up ben. A Big Ben. Big Ben. He, he's, he's, he's teed up a couple of guests because, let's be honest, I mean, we've got the Marry Blacks in the Island game and, you know, whatever. It's a whatever game now, really, isn't it? Because after the weekend, I'm not that fussed by it. I want the Marry All Blacks to win. Wow. But really, there's only one game and it's on Saturday, isn't BBC it? said
3: it's a whatever game. Mm. Where, does his, where does his heart lie? It's a whatever game.
4: Well, I think there's an aspect of the intrigue's gone out of it with yes. the fact that we thank you, do presume that Ireland's only got one focus now, uh, Stephen. Mm. Uh, but, if you and I, excuse
3: me, can I just call you to a task here, because <laughs> you and I have been talking about talking everything up about it, right? There's been so much <laughs> negativity around the All Blacks, and you and I have been yep, we're going to talk it up, and you just agreed with Dean that it's a whatever game.
4: Come uh, on, mate, I can, thought we had a thing I, going here. Well, a lot of your positivity comes in the ad breaks. Um, <laughs> I can take you back uh, through some of your comments today. Um, I need to talk to you about what positivity actually means. But no, uh, the, posi- the positivity for me around this Māori game uh, is the fact that there is some young boys who are finding their feet at a level above Super Rugby and I think you're all of a sudden emerging as potential all-black players themselves. And if there injuries to strike, I don't think... They would be too far off it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just take my headphones off, Jake, but I'll see you tomorrow, and I'll never <laughs> see McIver again on the run home because <laughs> you this heard will the be way. his last warning. Hey,
3: mate, you, he, the way he blew smoke up my bum today was lovely. Really? I, was, I was almost in tears, oh, and gosh. now, uh, and and the sign of three hours, it's, I'm, it's like I'm excommunicate. <laughs> anyway, who have you, okay, so you got with we us We have tonight? got a
0: couple of guests. We've got, uh, we're oh, going to got go to Australia couple. first, talk some Australian uh, sports, especially with Nick Curios, the no, Tim's Pete Pe- Pe- Burn's going to join us on that no, one.
3: He's good fun, actually. Pete loves Nick Kyrgios. Oh, does he? I spoke to him about a couple of weeks ago uh, doing the show that you're doing. Oh, good. And I was with him. I, I thought Nick, Nick Kyrgios
0: is is what tennis needs. A breath of fresh air. Uh, just well, personality. Look, I'll tell you something, Stephen. I'm glad he lost. Are you glad he lost? No, no. Oh, I would really? have loved him to have
3: beaten Djokovic, no. but he he's troubled. He's, he's a troubled. troubled child, but he's also in that first set, you would have seen he's incredibly I saw talented. The first but, set. He's good. But, you know, it, it is what it is. But you, when you think, mm. think of this you take away Djokovic. Yep. You take away Federer. Yep. You take away Nadal. Yep. What are you left with in tennis, it's men's not, tennis? Not
0: many. Medvedev probably, and then I mean, Kyrgios. We we talked we
3: talked about a generation of All Blacks, you know. We we're, yep. we're sort of missing players, and I talk, actually. Steph and I ch- ch- chatted about generational players, you know, yeah. when when Richie was there, the yes. Richie, yep. Sir Richie. Well, not doesn't want to be a Sir, mm. and you look at tennis, and it's, for me, it's the same thing. We've 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 been treated. With a huge generation of men's tennis at the, at the highest level. Absolutely. And now when you lose them. There's a void. It's a void. So yeah. we need curious for a little while longer.
0: I hear you. Um, <laughs> Big, Big Bear Francis is also teared up. This is a great guest. Uh, after 8 o'clock, we've got Scott McCarty coming on. His brother is Daniel McCarty. Yeah, you can't choose your family. I know that. It's okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, what, what is... But he has got some interesting news about the Grey Caps, which is the over 50 New Zealand cricket team. Oh. They just had a very successful tour the great, in, in Straight. the Grey Cap. So we were talking with him after after eight. Wow! Yeah. And okay. then after nine, probably talking to people who maybe watch the uh, All Blacks, uh, the Maori All Blacks, Ma- Maori All, All Blacks Blacks. yeah, mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the Irish. And that that's pretty much it, Stephen. That'll be the show. A bit of music in there, a <laughs> bit of waffle. You know how it works. You know the rules. Uh, when when was the last time you did comedy? Oh, it was going back in the day. Going back no, in the no, day. When,
3: when was the last time you actually did stand-up? an actual gig?
0: Yeah, an actual it gig. It would be. Maybe 15 years ago on Murray TV, actually, yeah, yeah. called Crack Up, yeah. and my king was the, um,
3: yeah,
0: yeah. the MC, so it yeah, would have been on there. And it was quite good. I, I, did, I remember doing a good song about Waitangi Day. But yeah. um, Did yeah. you miss doing stand-up? No, I don't miss it, Stephen. Why no. not? Because on the day of the gig, I would always get worked up into a, a whole day, I could think of nothing else but the gig regardless of what it was going even on if, in my even life. Even if the set was what? Yep. Like four or five minute yeah, set? Yeah, even if I knew the set backwards, inside out, I would still sweat on it all day. I don't know why. Just a part of my nature. Did so I, it affect your health? No, no. No, just but the I, routine? I don't miss that. And also, as you get older, I don't want to go out at night. I mean, even this is a bit of a pain, you know, coming in at 7. All right, yeah. right,
3: all right, we'll bugger off then. Uh, okay, get, all get right. ready. Thanks, we got to go. Nice okay, 6.54, I forgot we were almost done. Hey, B, um, thanks for having me, because uh, no, I'm getting the wind-up. It's 6.54, 11 and counting. We've got to get to 6.55, haven't we? 6.55? Yeah, okay. Uh, what are you doing tomorrow with Kirst? Oh,
4: well, we'll have Kirst. We'll have the Wiz, no doubt. Yep. Our usual Wednesday. We'll cross live to Australia. We'll have Beavers attempt to at pick in the All Blacks. I reckon I'll go pretty close this week. I've pretty much just named it then. <laughs>
3: Give yourself a rap, hey! Um. And will it, actually, that'd be a great—that would be a great segment. Beaver gives himself a rap. Mm,
4: doesn't happen enough. Um, oh, I, mean, look, I right. could learn—I could learn off my co-host today, to be fair. <laughs> <couldn't> <laughs> I,
0: <Jack? laughs>
3: hey, it's been fun. Thanks for having me, mate. Have a, have a great night and uh, go look to find yourself a tractor. It's almost six fifty-five. Extra time with Dean Butler. I'm too far away. Uh, Kakete.